This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. Monday, June 29th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, a mother and grandfather who drowned in their backyard pool in New Jersey a week ago were trying to rescue an 8-year-old girl who had fallen in, police said. 62-year-old Barrett Patel, his 33-year-old daughter-in-law, Nisha Patel, and her 8-year-old daughter were found unresponsive in the above-ground pool last Monday afternoon by East Brunswick police responding to a 911 call from neighbors who heard screams. What a freaking nightmare. Right? A nightmare. And I think when everybody heard this story, they were like, wait a minute, how did this happen in an above-ground pool three people? initially thought electrocution, but... That's what they were saying. They did throw that out there, but that was not the case. So East Brunswick Lieutenant Frank Sutter said the young girl had fallen into the pool and her grandfather and mother were trying to save her when uh, they too began to drown, NJ.com reported. Authorities said that while the above-ground pool was mostly shallow, about three and a half feet deep, a portion of the pool was seven feet deep, and it doesn't appear that the victims knew how to swim. Wow, a seven-foot above-ground pool? Yeah, Yeah. actually, when years ago, in fact, the pool that I walked across the bottom of with the weight belt was an above-ground pool. They got extra liner for the bottom and dug like a seven, seven-and-a-half-foot ditch. No kidding. that's, That's the pool I was in. All right, and from what I understand, Kathy... Were they new to this house or something along the lines? I that I, I, I was talking to some people over the weekend who had heard that that might have been the case. So I'm like, why do you have a pool if you don't know how to swim? You don't you know know right, right. Yeah. So, well, in the area, if you there's some aerial shots, like uh, it looks like a lot of the neighborhood had pools. Yeah. So you know, if they were new to the area, maybe it, you know it came with the house. Um, but yeah, I'm, I mean. I'm, yeah, that's that's conjecture. I can't tell yeah. you for sure if that's the yeah. case or not, but that's what I thought I had heard. Wow. The county's regional medical examiner determined the cause of death to be drowning and ruled the manner of death as accidental for all three victims. The investigation is continuing, and anyone with information is asked to contact police or prosecutors. Indoor portions of shopping malls will be able to open on Monday with strict guidelines in New Jersey, Governor Phil Murphy announced earlier this week. <laughs> But don't expect big crowds. Malls are uh, an undeniable part of New Jersey's culture, and we want these businesses to get back up and running in a safe, responsible manner, said Governor Murphy. To keep our restart moving in the right direction, we ask the New Jerseyans who wish to head out to the mall or any public setting to do so safely. I'm so confused about everything right now because everything's reopening, and don't get me wrong, I'm happy about that uh, because I'm uh, enjoying life uh, as, life as, as it's getting back to normal. But then I see... All of these these trends and stuff like that that says that like it's almost as bad as it was three yeah. months ago. So like what I, that's what, the next what story. is it? Okay, <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I, I need somebody to explain some things to me. Um, retail. Well, they are still meeting. So they put requirements in place, and and when they reopen, they're still meeting those requirements. If the numbers change, then you know there's new rules as to whether we go back or we stay or what happens. But they're still meeting the requirements, which is why uh, everything's been allowed to reopen. So retailers attached to malls, but with outside entrances, have been allowed to operate at lower capacity. But since March, malls have remained closed. Starting Monday, stores can only open at 50 percent capacity. Um, people must wear masks and social distance. Obviously, uh, must they must the guidelines must be met if they're inside the malls. Restaurants inside the malls are allowed to offer takeout dining inside the mall and in-person service at outdoor areas uh, outside of the mall. Uh, retail kiosks in the mall may also reopen on Monday, but they must ensure customers remain six feet apart. All areas with communal seating shall be removed um, or blocked off, the governor says. And the following businesses 
that maybe are inside uh, some of these indoor portions of shopping malls have to remain closed, and that would be gyms, fitness centers, movie theaters, amusement parks, water parks, and arcades. Most malls will be operating on reduced hours. Face coverings are now mandatory in the entire city of Philadelphia. City officials announced the requirement on Friday as cases of COVID-19 have started to rise again locally and nationally. So part of what you're talking about, Case. The mask order itself requires the coverings to be worn in any indoor public space and outdoors if there is less than six feet between people that don't already live together. Officials say this could also delay the city's green phase reopening plans, which include indoor dining. The order is a requirement, but we will not be enforcing with the police. The purpose of the order is really to send a message to everyone to enable them to encourage others to wear masks, said Health Commissioner Dr. Thomas Farley. Health officials are also discouraging social gatherings, especially those involving younger people that as of late seem to be falling ill more rapidly. In June, officials say they found 55% of people wearing masks at SEPTA stations and 78% of residents were seen covered up as they were exiting retail stores. It's good, but not good enough if things are to return to any any sense of normalcy soon, according to health officials. So city officials said in the coming days, they will be working on media campaigns to get the word out about the mask requirement. So case, because of the, these numbers that uh, they're seeing, uh, you know, in our area and nationally, that's why they did this. And now they're saying that uh, Philadelphia may not move to that green phase. So we'll see later this week. Okay. All right. In sports this morning. Former NFL MVP Cam Newton reached an agreement with a one-year incentive-laden deal with the New England Patriots. Newton will try to help replace former Patriot Tom Brady, who left to join the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in free agency. The Patriots did not select a quarterback in April's draft, and the Carolina Panthers released Newton, who was the number one overall selection in 2011 on March 24th, ending his nine-year relationship between the player and the team. Chase Briscoe held off Ross Chastain in overtime to win the crash-filled race at Pocono Raceway, the second of three NASCAR races at the track yesterday. Pocono became the first track to hold a truck, Xfinity, and Cup race on the same day. Kevin Harwick won the Pocono 325 on Saturday. Chastain and Briscoe swapped the lead in a battle down the stretch until a ninth caution sent the race into overtime. Briscoe pulled away with uh, from there in the number 98 Ford and won his fourth race of the season and second in three races. And the Utah Jazz Center, uh, Ruby Gobert, still has trouble smelling after testing positive for the coronavirus in March. In an interview with a French newspaper, uh, Gobert said the taste has returned, but the smell is still not 100%. I can smell smells, but not from afar. I spoke to specialists who told me that it could take up to a year to return to normal. (laughs) Gobert was the first reported NBA player to test positive for the coronavirus, which led to the league, uh, which led the league to suspend its season in March. Asked if he was cleared to play, the Frenchman said he wouldn't know until he was back in regular competition. He said he still felt strange, but wasn't sure if that was because of the virus or simply from the long layoff from basketball, which he has called the longest in his life. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right. Thank you very much, Kathy. And welcome to the Work Week, a Monday morning with the President Steve show. I hope you guys all had a wonderful, restful, enjoyable weekend. <laughs> it was good. And are raring to go because we have some new stuff set up and we have a two-night getaway 
at one of three gorgeous Icona Resorts properties in Avalon, Cape May, or Diamond Beach. Ooh. And it is valid through May of next year. So just keep that in mind. You got some time. Must be redeemed you, by this week. You might <laughs> yeah, right. need some time. But this is the first, like, getaway thing. I had. love yeah. that. It's uh, hopefully it's a, good, good a thing. sign of things to come. So uh, we have that for our Word of the Week prize. So letter of the day coming up at the end of the show and we'll keep track. It's going to be a short one because uh, Friday is a company holiday. We have off obviously going into Independence Day weekend. So we will give that away on Thursday. Only four letters for you to keep track of. Uh, we also have a guess. We got some information coming up about uh, the tour to shore. I'm sorry, it's the Bend to the Shore bike tour. Uh, so our friend Mark, the uh, proprietor of Irish Pub, is going to get in touch with us later on to give us some uh, important information about that. It's a, uh, a, a cause that's near and dear to Casey's heart and Team WMMR. Casey's team is uh, is a formidable team every year at that event's grown. Of course, yeah. and as things work out, you're probably in your best shape, bike riding shape ever this well, year. Well, I'm on my way. Yes. As of right now. I mean, now, you're, you're killing it. Yeah, yeah. I had a good, I had a good riding weekend. Um, but, like, I think where I am this year is uh, heads and tails above where I was last All year. Right. All right. So we'll get that information a little bit later on. But uh, other than that, it is business as usual. I've got some entertainment stories, and we have a stupid question. We're going to give some things away this morning, and you just might learn something. If you're not careful, (laughs) you just might learn something. So uh, we'll take a break and come back with the entertainment report. So stay close as the sun's coming up on a Monday morning. We'll be right back. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Steven Singer Jewelers has fast, free, and safe shipping. Whether celebrating life or just saying I love you, Steven Singer is there for you. IHateStevenSinger.com Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, for the stupid question today, a digital download of Shameless, the complete 10th season. And the question that I have for you, easy one. Name the fictional land where you will find the Emerald City. Mm. 215-263-WMMR. Name the fictional land where you will find the Emerald City. Call now. And I'll go through some birthdays while we're waiting for your call to get through. Today is Monday, June 29th. We will start with Maria Conchita Alonso. Aha! Cuban-born... Venezuelan actress. Just saw her. From Running Man, of course, was one of her starring roles. Just saw her in Running Man, yeah. Yeah, That's a great movie. Um, Two strong accents in that movie. uh, Yes, (laughs) you're right. Their dialogue together is something to listen to. Her and Arnold. And then uh, I remember her in Moscow on the Hudson. Yeah. And not much else. I do remember just being, and and I was, uh, you know, like a teenager at the time when I first saw her. I'm like, Wow. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful woman. Yeah. yeah um, I tried to show my son the running man. He said it was booty. <laughs> uh, it's just the way it looked. It definitely had an 80s feel. But he also yeah. didn't give it a chance for them to get to the game. It was, you know, oh. the whole thing, the butcher of the bake of Bakersfield, the, the escape from the prison. He didn't even get past that part you know what, to though? get to the good part. Something that's supposed to be outlandish and this will never happen is basically every primetime show yes. that's any kind of game show now. We were talking about, well, look, the floor, floor is lava. Yeah. The only thing that happens is the contestants don't actually die. But he didn't hear like that. I will not fire on innocent yes. citizens. No, he couldn't the do hell it. with you. Yeah. But like. And then they the change s- it. I will gladly fire. Yes. 
Innocent but, citizens. But then, so he says that's booty, and then I watch him like he watches these stupid like superhero things from the Disney Channel or Lab Rats. You gotta like, get him out of the house. Well, he's dragging you down. I just don't understand how he can say my stuff is booty, but then he can sit there and watch you know watch marathon sessions he's of that. Of that, he is. But get Steve, him out of the house. Going back to the Running Man, the outrageousness of the reality based competitions yes. they have. To the deep fake stuff at the end. It's all now. Yes, very the much. Running so. man was right. Uh, Maria Conchita Alonso is sixty three today. It's Gary freaking Busey's birthday today. Yikes. Oh wow! Uh, that psycho is seventy six years old today. <laughs> the last I saw of him was that he was going to be running a pet court. So yes. he was the He's judge. The judge. As a court where people who had disputes with their pets and animals, it's happening. Yeah, I, I have it. I just saw a quick teaser. I haven't seen anything they came from up with that a creative title for the name. Oh, Gary Busey, pet judge. Stop it. <laughs> yeah. That's the name of it. Yeah. I mean, come on, that's perfect. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There's no better clip to describe Gary Busey than that. Yes. I was telling uh, Casey that I watched three documentaries that are available, I think, across all video-on-demand uh, platforms, and it's called Time Warp, one, two, and three. And it's all about pop culture uh, cult movies, and they do a whole thing on Point Break, Preston, that's uh, great. And uh, Gary Busey's the guy they go to to talk to the movie a lot. <laughs> do you know a movie you can go, uh, well, was he in... Was no, he wasn't in Cannonball Run. He was in the Gumball Rally, I yes, think. Yes, he was. Yeah, that, which yeah. was the predecessor. It was, and it's a good movie. To Cannonball Run. That was with, with Raul Julia, right? Correct. Okay. Yes, exactly. The amount of work that, and creativity that went into a show like uh, The Floor is Lava, and then, you know, the producers sitting around for Gary Busey, <laughs> pet judge. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Put him in behind a bench and maybe bring in some pets. Why wouldn't you take that risk? <laughs> right? um, Gary's 76 today. Uh, Steve, I have a love boat birthday for you today. It is Fred Grandy's yeah! birthday today. Go for the Yeoman Purser. <sighs> Of the love boat. You know, on that series, which I watch religiously every Sunday evening at 6 o'clock on MeTV, they make him at some times throughout the series to be a bit of a heartthrob. Mm. Him! Yeah. Weasel. All you had to do was be a, you know, a cast member on a cruise ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got laid. Come on. That's all there was to it. The women yeah. they got him with or paired him with just insulting. He's 72. Uh, also celebrating a birthday today, a uh, we love him when he comes by here, Richard Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is 73 years old. He's just, he's great. He's, One of the best. He's, he's got his own, his own shtick, and it, uh, <laughs> it, it works. I love Richard I Lewis. I love that when he goes to perform, Preston, he brings his luggage out of the hotel. He's so paranoid <laughs> about stuff getting stolen that he brings yeah. his luggage and will, like, set it off to the side of the stage yeah. because he's so terrified of his stuff getting stolen. Uh, another one of my favorite in-studio guests uh, turned 67 today, and that's Colin Hay, lead singer of Men at Work. And that Men- was a great appearance. Yeah, and Men at Work is one of those bands, you know, they, they had some some a couple of goofy, fun hits, but I really, I was just dug his voice and his style. Yeah. I, I just, I, I think that band's great, so uh, he turned 67 today. Uh, an awesome drummer, Ian Pace, who's a drummer from Deep Purple, is 72 years old. Uh, Colin Jost from Saturday Night Live is 38. Just saw pictures of him shirtless, uh, surfing. Uh, I guess. In great shape? 
No. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's in okay shape, okay. but he is. I was surprised that he was such an avid surfer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. He's also. I mean, he's with Scarlett Johansson. It does he, he? He wins. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. I also saw a picture of him from years ago, before you know, he, he when he was just a writer for Saturday Night Live. He just kind of looked like a regular dude. Now he's like all you know. Somebody polished his act yep. up. Now yeah. he's Mr. Weekend Update. Yep. Okay, Ian Michael Smith. You may not know the name, but he played uh, Wyatt in Weird Science. Oh, man. So he he had a couple of roles, and then he kind of left acting. He was in um, he was in the, the sequel to Fast Times at Ridgemont High as well. Yeah, it was... Uh, um, what the hell was the name of that It was thing? a sort of sequel. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Chris, uh, Chris Penn was the... Um, yeah, Sean and, and Eric Stoltz was the lead, right? And he played his little brother. And uh, what was the name of that? Was it not one crazy? No, but I know it's. I always forget the name. Uh, uh, not one crazy summer, but sounds like that. The wildlife. <laughs> the wildlife. Okay. That's, that's it. it. It's an okay movie. I. It's you know. It, it was trying really hard to be Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. Like, right after high school type of thing. So in the Goldbergs episode where they played homage to. Uh, Weird Science, they had him as one of the teachers, Preston. I love him. Great. He's 51 today. And then the last birthday I saw, former mayor of Philadelphia, Michael Nutter, ah. is 63 years old today. So uh, happy birthday to him. You never, you don't really see the mayors after, after. their terms, because I don't know where... They go to Mayor Island. Well, I don't know what John <laughs> Street's been up to. I don't know what uh, Michael Nutter now... Um, Rendell. Rendell, you know what he yeah. was up yeah. to. But, uh, yeah, you don't really hear from those guys. But happy birthday, Michael Nutter, who is 63 Michael today. Nutter works for the uh, Department of Homeland Security now. No kidding. Yeah, so he, uh, he stayed in government. All right, let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question. Very easy one, which is, uh, what is the fictional land where you will find the Emerald City? 215-263-WMMR is the number. And we are going to go to Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Hi, Michelle. All right, where do you find the Emerald City? Uh, the Land of Oz. The Land of Oz. Yeah. Absolutely correct. Hang on the line, and Michelle, we have for you a digital download of Shameless... The complete tenth season, which is available now, and that keeps on going, right, Cass? Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's yeah, they're still going. One of the main girls left the show, but I mean, it was. Emmy Rossum. Yeah, it was still good this right. season. I thought yeah, I thought they were going to wrap it up like two years ago. Uh, you know what? I, I had heard that too, but they never did, and they left it open for her to return to. All right. So. All right. Well, let's get in some of the entertainment stories. We'll start with Lori Laughlin and uh, Mossimo Giannulli. Uh, they have been pushed out. Of the exclusive Bel Air Country oh! Club. After they pleaded guilty to bribing their kids way in the University of Southern California. Did they tear the patches off their shoulders? According <laughs> to multiple reports, members were enraged that the Tony Club had turned into a, quote, place of refuge and comfort for known felons. Meanwhile, I'm sure there are many members of that club Extortion, who Extortion. Have... <laughs> yeah, yeah, coercion. Totally. Pedophilia, the whole damn deal. Well, the club's board of directors... But that's what you do. You point fingers at other people. ...voted unanimously to suspend the pair. Some members were outraged that the ban wasn't permanent, so Laughlin and Giannulli chose to step down. At least one member, former board president Michael Gallagher, said that he would resign if they remained members. It's an outrage. He said the Bel Air Country Club is a club of gentlemen and gentlewomen. 
Gentlemen are not felons, and felons in turn are not gentlemen. You cannot be a member in good standing and guilty of a felony at the same time. It is a non sequitur. Uh huh. Yes. Uh, he took off his golf club, Preston, and smacked him across the face. Uh, the board action taken on behalf of the club's membership now establishes our club as a place of refuge and comfort for known felons. <laughs> This matter is already well known in the golfing world, domestically and internationally, and our club has become a laughing stock. <laughs> now that they've been purged, if you'll excuse me, have a tea time with OJ. <laughs> right. Is he a member there? No, no but oh, he was. Yeah. Uh, the Full House star has agreed to serve two months in jail, pay a $150,000 fine, and perform 100 hours of community service. Uh, Giannulli has agreed to serve. To them, I say, cut them out. Five months in jail and paid $250,000 and do 250 hours community service. You know, it's funny, man. I absolutely adore the game of golf, but I loathe the country club mentality. I just can't. That's why I've never joined a club. It's not your thing. I've gone and I've been guests and I appreciate the facilities and everything, but once you get into that that club, I'm like, no, man, I'm out, dude. I agree. I just can't deal with that. So it, I, I always feel um, like the old uh, Groucho joke. I'd never want to be a member of a club that would have me as a member. <laughs> yeah. 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 So anyhow, they're not going to stand for it. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry have made it their mission to champion causes that support mental health and fight bullying, racism, and hate speech. A spokesperson for the pair tell Bazaar that they are now backing the uh, Stop Hate for Profit campaign, which is calling for a boycott of Facebook advertising because of its failure to address hateful content and misinformation. The Sussexes are reportedly working in tandem with organizations and leaders to push CEOs to stand with civil rights uh, groups in their battle against hate. The source, working closely with the pair, adds, for a long time, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex have been working on how to move the tech industry in a more humane direction. This includes their long-standing advocacy and for support mental health in the social media era, which was a key focus of a visit they convened at Stanford University back in February and is also fundamentally connected to what they are building into their new organization, Archwell, which is of course, named after Archie, their son. Uh, the source continues saying a common thread in these conversations was about how online platforms have created the conditions for hatred, bigotry, uh, radicalism, and violence to grow and spread. So they're going to put their efforts toward that. And they're working closely with Gary Busey, oh. which is, is very encouraging. Well, he's doing yeah. things for the pet world. I think he knows because anyone who can decide such complex issues between pet owners yes. can certainly help make uh, social media a pleasant place. Hey, I want to let you know that the pandemic isn't stopping Hollywood's romances oh. or non-romances. So I've got some of the latest scoops in the world so the, of it, love. Okay. All right. You. Let's hear. Because you always wonder how these things, if everyone's following this stuff, they should not be out meeting other people. But maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe stars are different. Arrested development star Aliyah Shawkat uh, has been photographed at an art exhibit, at a concert, and at a restaurant with Brad Pitt. Oh! Which is sparking romance rumors. I like that Brad Pitt. But uh, Shawcat tells Venture that the pair are in the friend zone right now. Uh, she told uh, Vulture but of they the... they were going to auto zone. Uh, she told Vulture <laughs> of the hullabaloo 
We're not dating. We're just friends. All my friends were like, what's going on? And French. Sending me photos, I just felt overwhelmed. It's that feeling of being <gasps> naked in school. Like, oh, my God, everyone's looking at me. Bradley's on the phone. Yeah. I mean, listen. Knock it off. Yeah. And, and if your friends are curious about you hanging out with Brad Pitt, of course they're curious about you hanging yeah. out with Brad Come Pitt. Come on, yeah. He's Brad Pitt. He's not Larry the Cable Guy. Right. All right. Billy Lord and Austin Rydell. I like Billy Lord. Uh, who is that? Who is that? Yes. Carrie Fisher's daughter. Okay. Oh. Uh, are officially engaged. Oh! They're real deal in love. I loved her in American Horror Story 1984. She was awesome. You're you're telling me I need to see that? I definitely got to check that out. Rydell shared the good news on Instagram. She said yes. Uh, But I guess that's even better than yes. He went to Jared. He he said, actually, she said, duh, instead of yes, but that's better than yes. Uh, The American Horror Story uh, star connected... With him in 2017 again after dating when they were younger. Freaking engaged. They were first <laughs> spotted traveling in Norway with her family on the anniversary of the death of her mother, which, as of course Steve pointed out, is Carrie Fisher. So, and she pops up in them a couple of the movies. Okay, yeah. Uh, and then one last love story: Timothy Chalamet and Isa Gonzalez are living their best pandemic life in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. I <laughs> just. The way those tabloids write just makes you want to puke. Uh, the pair have been photographed multiple times in PDA mode. Uh, the vacation comes two months after his split with Lily Rose Depp. Lily. Lily. People, uh, well, women love that dude. Yeah. He, uh, for some reason. I, and I think he's, in the gay community, he's a heartthrob as well. So he's, everyone loves uh, What do I know him from? Well, he was in that movie with Steve Carell where he plays a drug... Um, his drug addicted son. Do you recall that? I forget what the oh, name of yeah. that movie was called. It was sad. Steve Carell and his drug addicked son. 40 year old virgin. That's <laughs> the yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Yes. There was a subplot. Uh, he looks familiar. Nick is looking for his. It all froze up on me. Yeah. Call yeah, Me By My Name, I think, was the uh, another big breakout for him. And Say My Name, Say My Name. Yeah. Beautiful uh, Boy. That, boy, that might that be it. Yeah. Oh, and Lady Bird. Lady Bird. Yeah, that was it. That's what I remember him from. Okay. Uh, Margot Robbie is heading for the high seas. According to The Hollywood Reporter, the actor is set to lead a brand new female fronted, fronted, uh, pirate, fronted, uh, Margot Robbie does it to me. A break, a break, a break. What's that clip? We are going to go. Now, a female fronted Pirates of the Caribbean film for Disney. Oh. Enough. Okay. Well, they're they're totally. It's going to be different. It's not. It's not the here. here I'll, I'll right. run down what they have you. They recently announced that the film will not be a spinoff of the original franchise surrounding Jack Sparrow, but it will be an entirely new story inspired by the Disney Parks ride of the same name. So they're heading in a completely different direction. All right. Uh, according to Christina Hodson, who is writing the script. Um, she, well, she isn't the only uh, Pirates film. It isn't the only Pirates film about the set sail. Disney is also working on a reboot of the series. Now, there you go, Steve. That's a, an enough already. I'm sick of these movies. With long time I'm sick of Pirates. Pirates writer Ted Elliott and Chernobyl creator Craig Mazine attached to the project. Couldn't they do Chernobyl at sea? It remains unclear if Johnny Depp will return to that franchise for the reboot. Please don't. Uh, in May, uh, Jerry Bruckheimer, who produced, indicated that the creative team was unsure on whether or not the actor would reprise his role of Jack Sparrow. 
And on social media, fans were excited at the thought of Margot Robbie uh, sailing a pirate ship with an entirely fresh storyline. Yeah, give me her with a full female cast. So we'll see about that. Like female pirates. It might happen. Uh, the star of The Princess and the Frog, uh, Anika Nona Rose, says that she's excited that Disney's iconic Splash Mountain is going to be rebranded to uh, uh, feature characters from The Princess and the Frog following a Black Lives Matter outcry. She said, for young black children, it is, of course, a wonderful and amazing way to show representation. Uh, for children who don't look like Tiana, it is a way to open their eyes so it allows these children, all of them, uh, to meet with the common denominator, which is the love of heroism that comes with Tiana. So she's excited about it. Have you that. ever done that ride? It's nice. I, I think she deserve, I think they deserve a, a better than a hand-me-down ride. They need to do a whip up something new and cool. That would be cool. I no, we we went to that we went where it was. It's okay. Uh well yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. It's it's just an okay ride. But uh, I'm talking about in, in Orlando and we weren't gonna wait on the smaller foot, you know, because yeah. even the Dumbo going around in a circle yeah, ride. I, yeah. You can wait for like an hour and a half. Yeah. Two and that's that not, ride. It's not a like, payoff. No, if I'm gonna wait, I'm gonna wait for the badass ride. So yeah. we did we didn't wait on, on Splash Mountain, which is a it's kind of a smaller roller coaster. It's fun, but or no, it's it's wait, is that the log fl- it's a log fl- log. Yep. Yeah, so uh but no, we didn't go on that. Uh, Danny Masterson was arrested, charged on June 17th of multiple counts of rape against three women. The accusers, former Scientologists, are also filing suit against the Church of Scientology, which they say helped cover up the assaults. This is interesting. We'll see how this plays out. Now, the Church of Scientology has so much money, it's ridiculous, and a legal... The legal term is cray-cray. Well, they've... But they've also got serious legal power so as far as uh, the firms that they that they hire to that point they took on the irs yes and won they they badgered them so yeah, bad that yeah. they, they won so one of the attorneys for the civil suit Stuart ryan said it is alleged in the suit that our clients reported the sexual assaults to scientology at the times that they happened it is alleged in the suit that Scientology attempted to, co- to cover up the sexual assaults. Uh, the victim named in the filing, Chrissy Carnell Bixler, uh, dated Masterson from 1996-2001. A portion of the civil complaint reads, uh, on more than one occasion, a plaintiff Bixler woke in bed to find Masterson sexually assaulting her. In one specific instance, Masterson drugged Bixler's wine at a dinner party. Uh, dinner and, uh, oh, I can't even say this, what he did to her. Wow. Uh, the following morning, Masterson admitted that he had done this with her while she was unconscious, according to this girl. So he has maintained his innocence. So we will see where this goes. But the church now officially in this. I wonder. So his brother was on Malcolm in the Middle, played the older brother on Malcolm in the Middle. And I and I, is he in Scientology as well? Is he part of the whole deal? Not really sure. Hmm. Uh, and I have information actually. What happened? I hit my microphone button. We started talking about the science. They, Scientology they killed it. My mic. <laughs> they actually, there's actually a dump button down in Florida at their mm-hmm. facility, Preston. Uh, Laura Prepon, who was on that 70s show yes. with Danny Masterson, and is also a Scientologist, from what I understand, right? Yes. Or, or am I okay. wrong? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All, right. Is it, well, all right. So I thought maybe she had been with the Malcolm in, in the Middle brother? Yes, she was. Okay. Okay. So she, uh, her daughter, Ella, is an amazing big sister now. But her first few months with uh, Baby were a little bit rough. Uh, And Prepon and her husband, Ben Foster, welcomed the baby four months ago. She was on Live with Kelly and Ryan and said, 
Uh, we brought him in to introduce him to our daughter in our bedroom. We have this pretty clothes, pretty cloth teepee. There's a bunch of blankets in it and stuffed animals uh, where she plays. And we brought the baby in and introduced them, and it was the craziest thing. She ran into the teepee, took off all her clothes, stared at us, and just peed on everything. <laughs> and it was the most primal marking of territory <laughs> And we were trying to not laugh because we didn't want her to think that it was okay for her to pee on stuff, but it was so funny, she's saying. So a nice little anecdote from the new baby in the house. That's pretty wild. That's funny. Spraying around. Never heard of that before. <laughs> uh, Ron Jeremy is pleading guilty. or I'm sorry, not guilty. Oh, wow. Not guilty. Yeah. Sorry, there's <laughs> a word there guilty. that I missed. <laughs> is pleading not guilty to charges of raping three women and sexually assaulting Jeez. a fourth. He appeared at his arraignment on Friday in L.A., uh, Jeremy's being held in county jail on $6.6 million bail. If convicted, he faces 90 years in jail. Wow. So he's in county jail right now, yeah. right, uh, on on that bail. So they must have some really, really damning evidence against him. For $6.6 million, yeah. yeah, that's that's a really yeah. large bail. I mean, so. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Zoe Kravitz thinks that getting married has made her lifestyle more G-rated. The Big Little Lies star told Variety, I'm married. I'm making less bad choices, I would like to think. And I made a banana bread. Uh, she said, you know, life is an ongoing struggle, so of course there's always work to be done. Zoe Kravitz is right on this. Uh, but there's that first step where it's like, I'm an adult. Uh, Kravitz married actor Carl Glusman <laughs> at her dad's home in Paris last June. Uh, Bella Hadid and Haley Baldwin have been photographed on a European excursion together. And Page Six reports that they've actually been traveling for work. The pair will star in Versace's new campaign. Wow. Which is set to bow at the end of this year or the beginning of next. Now, you're all about Versace. Do you uh, approve of this? I'm uh, a Versace guy. Yeah. yeah, Bella Hadid and Haley Bowman. Sure, bring it on to the brand. Why not? Uh, how about this, Steve? You will find this interesting. All right. Amazon Prime Video superhero satire series The Boys will return officially for second season September 4th. Good, that's earlier. And they're going to do it like they did with the initial rollout, a three-episode premiere, and the new episodes will be released every Friday until oh. the season finale on October 9th. I think that's how that's they started. That's not how they did it before. They, no, they dumped it, the whole. It, it, oh, they, I thought yeah, they did they three the whole thing at the, once. at the top. Maybe I'm no, thinking of... I'm fine. Show. I'm fine, though, with it because this is actually earlier than the projected original date. Okay. Well, I also like it because what they're doing for me is something that I can't do for myself, and that is pace it out. Yeah. So Rather than just burn it all out in yeah. one weekend. There's an I extended clip um, that's up online, and it is of the new superhero who is clearly a foil. Okay. To like Homeland, uh, Homelander, and Homelander, and and the other, it, like she is a badass with a very bad attitude Yay. against them. Yay! So uh, it's going to be interesting to see that. Man, if you haven't seen the boys, it's listen. It's not for everyone. It's no. a, it's a it's a dark show, but it takes the superhero genre in a direction you don't expect it to go in. Uh, new episodes, like I said, will be released each Friday, and the season finale is October 9th. Season two. Finds the boys running from both the law and the soups as they attempt to fight back against Vaught. Uh, of course, it's Carl Urban, Jack Quaid, Anthony Starr. By the way, that's uh, 
uh, Dennis Quaid's son is yeah. the, is the lead <clears throat> on the show, and he's he looks nothing like Dennis Quaid. No, Anthony Starr, Aaron Moriarty, Dominique uh, Miguelliget. There's a bunch of people on it, and it's uh, produced by Amazon Studio and Sony Pictures. Also, Jay Farrow has been selected to host Nickelodeon's Unfiltered, which is previously called Game Face. That'll be premiering July 11th. The six-episode remote game show challenges panelists uh, to guess the identities of celebrity guests who have been disguised by an animated 3D filter and voice changer. It's kind of like Masked Singer, I guess. Yeah. Maybe a little less annoying, hopefully. (laughs) It's a tall order. But it's Nickelodeon, so I'm curious what level of celebrities are going to be talking about because it'll be targeted towards kids, so it'll be Is it Mick Jagger? Right. (laughs) Right. I think it's David. It's got to be David Crosby. It's David Crosby. <laughs> um, so are these all on Amazon Prime now? Because you just said Nickelodeon. Is I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were doing Amazon Prime, and then well, Nick- I did Amazon Prime, and then, and then Nickelodeon. Then Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Okay, okay, yeah. So Nickelodeon unfiltered. Okay, sorry. Uh, let's see. A couple more things here. This is interesting. Uh, Alex Winter, we were just talking about him. I think it was his birthday the other day. Bill and Ted's yes. Excellent Adventure. I think we're going to have him on this week. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Awesome. Well, he is. Excellent. He's a former child star. He got started in Broadway. He was on The King and I, did Peter Pan, of course, Bill and Ted later on, uh, The Lost Boys, things like that. Um, but he is examining the perils of child, uh, stardom in a new documentary called Showbiz Kids. Uh, which is coming out July 14th on HBO. I'd be interested to see that. In the interviews, Evan Rachel Wood, Todd Bridges, Jada Pinkett-Smith, Will Wheaton, Disney, uh, Channel Star Cameron Boyce, uh, E.T.'s Henry Thomas, Matilda's Mara Wilson, and others. So uh, just to kind of get a, uh, a, a take on the, the child star thing. I believe yeah. he was molested as yes. a uh, getting oh, into man. the uh, business Yeah, in the yes, early it, years. It's going to examine sex abuse in that world. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I think you're you're definitely right on this, Steve. He said, our stories are really the same. Uh, the, uh, the highs and the lows you go through as children and the risks that you face if you are vulnerable. So that will be coming out on July 14th on HBO. I definitely want to see that. Uh, U.S. District Judge Otis Wright dismissed a suit brought by J.C. Lee. This is a uh, a suit in an attempt to reclaim her father Stanley's property after his death at 95. The judge wrote Stanley, a superhero in his own right, served to inspire the everyday hero. Uh, the court urges parties to treat his legacy with respect and cease engaging in meritless litigation. Uh, Lee is being charged $1 million for her attempt to nullify Stan's 1998 agreement with POW, the organization, uh, reacting to the development, POW's president, Gil Champion, uh, said, we feel vindicated by the court's decision today. Uh, We're happy to finally put this ugly litigation behind us and move on to preserving the legacy of this great man and developing the large inventory of intellectual property he left behind. So she was trying to get a hold of that, I guess. Okay, and the organization was POW? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then one, as in, like, it, pow, exclamation point. I got you. Yeah, yeah. And then one last story. Uh, Joseph Fines is set to play Wim Hof. I've heard of Wim Hof before. He's an extreme athlete, and the movie is going to be called The Iceman. He got his nickname by breaking several cold exposure records. Yeah. Including run a half, running a half marathon above the Arctic Circle barefoot. You know what he did one time, Preston? He stayed in the studio after 10 o'clock for oh. an hour. <laughs> oh, my God. He's a hero. I mean, we can't handle that. No. 
Uh, Fines said in a statement to carry the incredible Wim Hof message and to bring the extraordinary journey of the the Iceman to the greater consciousness is a unique privilege. Coupling that with Jeff Pope, one of the most illustrious screenwriters in the business, to tell the story is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that I'm beyond thrilled to participate in. So I have a friend who follows this guy's tutelage. Really? Is he attempting to replicate it? He does. He does. So this is, this is Steven uh, oh, from yeah. Krav Maga. Uh, and he, Steve, when it when we get really bad snows, yeah. I, I I text him. I'm like, did you go for a run? He goes out in shorts mm-hmm. and no shirt, <laughs> and we'll go jogging in absolute freezing complete weather, complete freezing weather, okay. or in snowstorms, barefoot, the whole thing, barefoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oof. it's crazy, but he. He can do the mind over matter thing. It's it's pretty wild. There's God some, bless. Some people can can do that. It's Didn't we get we, we found him a wife? Did we not? We did. Yes, yeah. we found that. him a we wife. Did. We did. <laughs> One of the mixers. All right, so we're ready for clips now. Over the course of three seasons, Netflix's TV series Dark has explored existential implications of time and its effect upon human nature. <laughs> In this clip, star Lewis Hoffman gives the biggest takeaways from being on this show. Here we go. I've done these three seasons with people that are extraordinary at their job. I think I just developed a larger sense of filmmaking throughout the past three and a half years. And privately, I just filled my heart with great experiences and loving people that I will always remember as a very great time also. <laughs> Uh, the third and final season of Dark is now available to watch on Netflix. Here's the next clip. Central Park is an animated musical series about a family who tries to stop an entrepreneur's plan to buy up land in the iconic park. In this clip, co-creator Lauren Bouchard discusses how Google Earth has been a great tool when designing the show's animation. We love sort of showcasing the real park and putting our own twist on it. It's this, it's this lightly fabulized version of the real part. And also, by the way, doing animation in the age of Google Earth is like you can drop a little guy in the middle of the park and draw the correct background and turn around and see what's you know what the other angle looks like. I don't I don't want to I don't think I want to see it. Central Park is streaming now and you can find that on Apple TV Plus and that's all I have for you, folks. That's everything. That's There's everything. Nothing else going on in entertainment. You literally reported everything. For the stories that I gave to you this morning. Know that you are now informed. How do you do it? I just do it. I don't think. I do it. You're more You're more a conduit. Sometimes you're not even aware of That's the information right. you're imparting. Mm-hmm. Did you? You must have watched that Shia LaBeouf video before this whole thing. I just it, did it. And then you yeah. just did it. Just do it. That's there was all, all that is. don't do it over there. Do it. I crushed it. <laughs> just do it. Do it! And this is I, not do it, and this is do it! And I just did it. Just do it! You know what? Just do it! I'm ready to just do, do it, it again. <laughs> All right. We're going to take do a break. It. We're going to do it when we get back, so make sure you stay with us. It's only Monday, but we got a lot of things planned for the week. We shall return in a moment. Stay with us. Now that we're actually leaving the house more often, WMMR reminds you you're going to have to put on some clothes. People! And if you got to get dressed, why not step up your wardrobe game with the coolest threads from the MMR Rock Shop? There's tons of new and throwback MMR designs to choose from that you can't get anywhere else. 
Look, you can't go out there naked, okay? Seriously, no. So shop the rock shop at WMMR.com. All the merch that rocks. And don't forget your pants. Have yeah, a do a shard out if you guys don't mind. Yes. Uh, I got an email from uh, Dana Nyes. And uh, she says, uh, long-time listener, and I converted my husband to a listener almost five years ago. Did it on a long road trip for our anniversary. We listen to your podcast every day. James' birthday is uh, July 6th. He'll be 35. If you could send him a shout-out, that would mean a lot. He is a microphone tech for a concert sound company. And until shows resume, he has been furloughed. You guys all rock. And this says, uh, Lidditz listener Dana. So a shout, please. And that's a, uh, listen... That's a good suggestion. If you're a listener to the show and you have a significant other uh, who maybe really hasn't been brought up to speed on us and you want to share your love of our program, then a road trip might be the way to go about it because road road trips are kind of happening now as opposed to flying vacations and so on. I was just talking to uh, my wife yesterday, so we've got some time off coming up and... We might do a little family road trip ah, thing. So that's awesome. That might be worth. But listen, take the podcast along on the road trip and yep. say if you've got hours to go. Hey, let's listen to this for a little bit. You might bring them around. Uh, so that place that that uh, guy works at, these uh, furloughed at. I wonder if it's that the, there, there's a place in Lidditz Lancaster area that all the big artists go to. Yeah, big staging area. Yeah, yeah uh, right. It's a yeah. staging thing. I, I know yep. that. Um, Fish does. Uh, you know all of their uh, pre-tour uh, warm-ups there as well. I wonder if that's. The place might be. I yeah. don't know. You guys thinking about road tripping at all? Yeah. Yes. Um, I had three different family members road tripping last week. My parents drove across the country in one direction. My cousins uh, that live in L.A., uh, Preston, you know some of the people in that family, they drove in the opposite direction. So <laughs> my one uh, cousin and her husband bought a tour bus because rentals for RVs are really expensive right now. What did it run, may I ask? Well, Steve... Um, <laughs> They decided that uh, your run-of-the-mill uh, tour bus was not good for them and the family. <laughs> Guess who's they bought? Dolly frickin' Parton's old tour bus. Holy they bought it. crap. Yeah, they bought it, uh, and they bought it because it was more cost-effective to buy it and then look <laughs> to selling it when they got to this side of the country. Huh. Um, and uh, Because uh, obviously that is a Dolly Parton. Uh, so what did <laughs> exactly. it do? Right, what is a Dolly Parton, I don't Parton know. tour bus? Ron? Is this your aunt who's uh, neighbors with Diane Keaton? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, so that, they're rich anyway. It's yeah. that's in like regular yeah. people. It's not regular people. Okay. Uh, it's mansion people. It's mansion, mansion people, people, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, the kids are, are uh, smaller mansion Smaller people. Okay. Uh, guest house people, <laughs> yeah. mansion people. Yeah, yeah. Um, but and then my other other cousins, um, they they rented an RV and drove across the country as well too. And I was just following along on Instagram and social media. It just looked awesome. And, you know, it's it's a, it's a pain in the ass in some respects, um, but it's also there are so many advantages to it, and a lot of people are doing it for for obvious reasons. Yeah, I think we're we're going to do like a like a family thing and 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 go visit family members, not do a you know a big vacation where. Hey. You're, I can get you a deal on Conway Twitty's bus if you want. Conway <laughs> Twitty? Yeah. When? Love that are, guy. Are you so you're just going to do like a short, a couple yeah, of states? Yeah, 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 just like a couple days. Okay. And, and, dri- and you're driving. Yeah. Are you going to rent anything or are you just going to? No, no, okay. no, no. It's not going to be, we're not going to, you know, sleep. We we do have a van, which is spacious yeah. enough uh, and, and it'll work. But no, an RV thing, that would be pretty cool. But you were saying that the... Nick, the RV rental costs, yeah, yeah. and you looked into that. There are three main ones. Uh, Cruise America, which um, uh, has been around forever, and then there's um, so, sort of like sharing ones, sort of like the Airbnb of RVs. One's called RV Share, and one's called um, Outdoorsy. 
And, and across the board, prices are up 600 to 1,000% than they were last okay, year. Okay, so it's reasonable. <laughs> well, wow. uh, I, I don't know. By, by comparison of what you would pay for flights or yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what you're going to pay in hotels, maybe it still ends up being reasonable. It's just not as reasonable as it was a year, as a, right, a, a year right. ago. And I think we had a love you, hate you line call that, uh, from somebody who said that RVs are like you can't just hop in it and drive it. Like, yes, right. She was, Somebody I think she called. Was bitching they were like, it. "You you need to learn how to <laughs> yeah. drive these yeah. things Dude. before you go rent them. They're huge." I drove one down to Jacksonville for the Super Bowl back in whenever, uh, and I almost took the mirror off in the very first um, toll that I went through. Yeah. I did not feel safe driving it. I did not feel safe as a passenger. Yeah. Back when I when I played my cover band, we bought a school bus. Yeah, we bought a used school bus. How big? A, a, a standard full school bus. size Stop. school bus. It was no. that big. Oh yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and it was a manual transmission. Uh-huh. <laughs> so me and like two other people knew how to drive a stick. So guess who got stuck driving that thing a lot? <laughs> right, right. So and I'd never driven something that big before. By the way, the, the manual all, you just had to get out and do it. Yeah. Manual transmission on a bus, especially around that time. Can, 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 can. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, but, okay, so did you outfit this thing, or did you take uh, the seats out? And yeah, yeah, we we put tables in, and and we half of it we we built a wall, so half of it was just storage space for the gear yeah. in the back, and then the rest of it, yeah, we put carpet on the ceilings and stuff like that. It was a piece of crap. <laughs> so what, man? That sounds garbage. so much fun. It was fun. It was crazy fun. <laughs> uh, but to drive that gigantic thing now, before that, I had driven. Rental rider trucks yes. and stuff with trailers on the back. Yeah. So I had a little bit of a knowledge on how to drive something that's large. But once you, if you get in one of those, like taking turns and things like that, taking that wide, uh, that wide right turn is something you got to get used to. So my game is good on that, or was good on that for years, driving rental trucks and, we, and, and towing boats and all of that stuff. My chops were good. I wouldn't do it now. Yeah. It, it, it's been so long. Yeah. You know, just the simple act of taking a turn on a vehicle that long is problematic, especially so, if you've never done it before. So some RVs, uh, you need a different license, like a, a Class A I, RV. I guess so, yeah. Uh, you need a uh, some version of commercial license. Class C RV, I think you can just rent and drive with your own driver's license. Um, but And then there are all sorts of different ones. I actually was talking to our buddy Dave from Whitehorse, who yeah. gives you guys the RV every year for camp out. And That's an amazing Setup, they them. are, and and so one of the more popular options this year is buying the trailer because you can buy that and and right. hitch it to your car if you're able to tow. Mm-hmm. And by the way, you know if if you're pointing out that traveling during a pandemic uh, can be an issue, like in my case, we're just we're going to go straight to my dad's, yeah, and that's it, just spend time with him. You're going to family. We're not going yeah. anywhere else, and you know, you're going to a swingers resort. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my parents are uh, made it across the country. My mom has been very nervous about going anywhere at any point. Sure. She um, uh, decided to stay in campgrounds of America, the KOAs across the country. And they went out of their way a few different places. But she found that she could clean them on her own. And uh, you could open the windows and keep the doors open. And it sort of helped set her mind at ease in their uh, in their trip to Colorado. Yeah, I think just being able to to see new scenery, you know, and especially if you've got your own RV, there's your accommodations right there and your chance of spreading or contracting are going to be very, very minimal then go see, yeah. go go elsewhere, go get a new vision, you know, a new a new view, and uh, it's going to be, be medicinal for you. For yeah. you. And mm-hmm. whatever your level of comfortability, if you're comfortable flying, you can fly. If if you're going to go on a vacation and be nail biting all the time, then do the do the Stay RV home. thing or stay yeah. at home. Yeah. 
I thought about doing something Sit in the basement with my son. I wanted. I was uh, kind of like maybe uh, timing out and pacing out a, a loop. You know, basically leaving from our area, going south, and then kind of like looping around, just so I wasn't doing the same trip up and back. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, let me go up to New Hampshire, and then I'm just going to come back and, and basically do the same trip back. So that way, everything would be brand new. I and know I, what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, and then I was worried about, you know, I was thinking about camping, and then I was worried about, like... Monsters. Not, well, I'm always worried about monsters, Steve. Forest monsters, which uh, are the worst. They're, well, no, they're not. Really? Not as bad as ocean monsters. The ocean monsters are the one that, that, that they get to case. You can yeah. avoid the ocean monsters. I can avoid it, but anyway... Don't want to get into a debate with you about what's worse, ocean monsters or forest monsters, but I think we can all agree that ocean monsters are worse, even though you can avoid them. On the whole, monsters are bad. They are bad. Okay. Well, not, not on the whole. Okay. Some monsters are okay. Some, Sorry, but anyway, anything. Preston, uh, the point I wanted to make was I found online these really awesome showers that like you can basically portable showers that you can bring with you that are powered oh, okay and like heated and all and then basically you just you know fill this little you know bucket up with water and then you know it's battery powered i'm sure you've seen these well, well, i've seen the uh, the solar powered ones which are pretty great you just literally put the water up in the sun no these okay. are different basically i mean it looks like um if you remember <laughs> back to the future too uh the um the bag that uh, Doc Brown gives to Marty with all the futuristic clothes and stuff in it, it's kind of like that. All right. It uh, looks like a giant Tom Tom Preston on its side. And it, you fill it with water, and, and it's battery-powered. Like, you kind of just hook it up to the ashtray or the uh, the uh, lighter in your car. Yeah. And then... What could go wrong? Well, no, yeah. no, no. I mean, that's how you yeah. power it, okay. Steve. And then, uh, you know, so it heats it and stuff like all right. that. Oh, so okay. that way I could shower without having to go into, like, Dirty campground showers and stuff. Right. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and if we're, if we're going to do this drive thing, then, you know, we're going to load up a cooler full of food and, and drinks and stuff so we don't have to stop other than just to get gas. And, right. And don't have to go inside or anything like that. Right. So, right. You know, except to pee. You know, yeah. You do that. You'll be but. fine. So uh, I know a lot of people are kind of taking that route as far as uh, vacations. But anyhow, um, uh, take the podcast along. It might be yeah. a good thing to share. Real quick, I want to go to Jim. Hi, Jim. You're on the line. Good morning. I uh, hate to bother your work. No, nah, you're doing nothing of that. Nothing <laughs> like that. What's up, buddy? Uh, we rented an RV to move my daughter to Utah. And so we drove from Philadelphia to Utah. And it, it was good. I mean, the main reason we did it was we didn't want to have to be cleaning hotel rooms between here and Utah for COVID purposes. Uh -huh. but, and uh, it worked well out that way. But the campgrounds, they're, they're, they're not as great as people might think they are. You, you pull into a parking lot, basically, and you're sitting there with other 20 other people five feet away. Right. But that and 90 bucks a day in gas. So um, it, it's not a cheap way of traveling for sure. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's, it's the uh, – I think people are choosing it to, to avoid the airline flight, the hotel, and, and so on. So it might work itself out in that regard. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it definitely did that way because my wife's a bit of a germaphobe and she had visions of cleaning hotel rooms every single night. <laughs> right. So, so let me let me ask you. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I wonder what the protocol is with hotels as hotels come back up online. Thanks, Jim. I yeah, assume I that they're being because they would have to. Just in general, you would assume that they're cleaning the rooms to some level, and mm -hmm. I wonder what to get business back. How far 
over that are they going to make people comfortable in coming back to the hotel? Some states never closed hotels. Like, remember, we looked it up. Pennsylvania. They're not never... closed here. Yeah, yeah, they're not closed yeah. here. Yeah. So um, I would imagine they're doing something in addition. Occupancy rules and stuff yeah, like that. Oh, yeah. That's, that's so changed. Then, then that will allow them to be more thorough with cleaning, I would right. imagine, too. So. so for the KOAs where my parents stayed, uh, nobody was allowed to stay. This is a KOA, not even a hotel. Yeah. But nobody was allowed to stay there the night before the next guest did. Okay. So there was at least one night of space in between the people who were staying there and then the next group. That, that were coming in, and they were do- before new people came in, they would vacuum the forest and then let them. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. But they were staying in cabins. They stayed in cabins. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you can <laughs> you see somebody out there with a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> so dirty. <laughs> There's dirt all over the place. These people never were pigs. Ending, never ending. <laughs> all right. So anyhow, if you're traveling by uh, by road, take us along with you, please, and uh, share the podcast. Hey, I did see this story. I thought this was this was sad and interesting, uh, but a gentleman named uh, Milton Glazer, yes, who is an, an influential American graphic designer, he created the iHeart New York logo, and he passed away. He was ninety-one years old. One of the most successful ad campaigns of all time, exactly. And uh, it was made for a nineteen seventy-seven tourism campaign. The logo rapidly gained recognition across the world. And has been described as the most frequently imitated in history. The, uh, the that I remember that when that campaign rolled out. I love New York. It's a great adventure. Uh, Glazer later said that he was flabbergasted by what had happened to this little, simple, nothing of an idea. He said. Yeah. Uh, he also created a famous poster of Bob Dylan with psychedelic hair and was a co-founder of New York Magazine. So it wasn't the only thing he did. So the simplicity of of that graphic for I Love New York was simply I, the heart, and why. Yes. That's it. Uh, The cause of the death was a stroke. Uh, But Glazer was born in the Bronx in 1929. He studied at the uh, Cooper Union for the Advancement of Science and Art, a college in Manhattan, and the Academy of Fine Arts in uh, Italy. Uh, his poster of Bob Dylan featured a silhouette of the musician based on a self-portrait by Marcel Duchamp and uh, brightly colored locks of hair borrowed from Islamic art. Uh, the poster was included in Dylan's 1967 album Greatest Hits. Thank you. And it was bought by six million fans, so it was quite famous. Uh, in 1968, he co-founded New York Magazine and was its design director for nine years. Three years later, he had designed the iHeart New York logo, and he did it free of charge Yeah, to help promote tourism in his home city amid a crime wave and financial crisis. He came up with the idea while he was riding in a taxi, and he scribbled it in red crayon on an envelope, which is now in the permanent collection of the Museum of Modern Art in New York. That's amazing. So if you stop to think about all of the T-shirts, bags, cups, everything that has the logo on, the amount of money that could have been made off of that, and he gave it away for free. And I guess he may have been the first person... To use a crayon. No, to use that the heart in replacing the word love. Love, yeah. And so you see that all oh, the time. Oh. Right, right. I mean, especially with emojis. I mean, that's what it stands for. I once In replacement bo- of the word. When that was all the rage, National Lampoon offered Preston so people would have I heart, you know, you'd see the heart, my dog. I heart, my... And yeah. it'd be a bumper stick yeah. on the back. National Lampoon sold screw uh, <laughs> okay. screw applique. You'd put over the heart. I like so that. So I screw my dog. Uh, it was all the rage as well. But, yeah, this thing is so iconic. 
and it and it was responsible, they believe, for really having a substantial turnaround in tourism to the city uh, and to the state. Told the New York Times in 2008, it is one of those peculiarities of your of your own life where you don't know the consequences of your own actions. He said, who in the world would have thought that this silly little bit of ephemera would become one of the most pervasive images of the 20th century? It's amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, you talk about during the night or something, if you're half asleep and you want to write down an idea, you know, you write it on a pad next to your, uh, and put it on your nightstand. How many times have you done that and had Listen. a... Multi-million dollar campaign oh, arise. Oh, time oh, and right. time again. No, but I will when I when I have an idea, and most of my decent ideas come right at that I'm just falling right. to sleep thing. And uh, okay, I'll have to remind myself of that tomorrow. <laughs> and I learn. I've yeah. learned. You never remember what it <laughs> is. Uh-uh. So I will, even though it's the uh, you know the threat of waking myself back up for a little while. I will grab my phone now and just record it. And I will I will either make a, a voice to text or I'll right. just go in and just type in real quick a basic idea okay. something of what it was just to remind me. And a lot of it things are are, are stupid stuff for this show, like dumb contest ideas or co- or um Topic ideas, I'll have at the last second, and I'll jot them down. Red Conway Twitty's bus. Right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That yeah, was last that night. That was last night. <laughs> um, so I, I try to make it a point to jot those ideas down because they'll get away from you. They man. they do fade quickly, especially yeah. when you're at that time of night. That's why most people see ghosts and apparitions at night. You're semi-lucid to begin yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. After the 9-11 attacks, Glazer had released an amended version of the logo that featured a bruised heart and read, I heart New York more than ever. So that's the only time he ever changed it up. Yes. Uh, and he did it for that. He's also known for his designing the World Health Organization's International AIDS symbol and poster. Oh, wow. He also did the logo for the Brooklyn Brewery and an advertisement for the final series of Mad Men. So he did a few other things. Uh, so the, But did he own the... The rights to the I Love New York because he gave it away, but technically did if you give something away, did he still own the rights to it? I don't it? think he made any money on it. Okay. You know, I, I'm i not sure, Steve. You'd have to look that information up because he did it for free. Uh, in 2004, he was given a Lifetime Achievement Award by the Smithsonian uh, Design Museum. You're real good. I was, tra- <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of other iconic... Things like that, logos sure. and stuff that have stood the test of time. I mean, the love statue here is a pretty iconic. It's yeah. a standard. Mm-hmm. Um, some some of the other things that are well, the peace symbol in and of itself. The yeah. peace symbol is is a piece of. Um, yeah, somebody had to have created that. I, Someone has to and, be and behind that. Pushed it out as that. You, you've got to get the creation and the promotion. I remember the story, there was a guy who was running across the country and he got mud all over his face <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he wiped it on a yellow uh-huh. t-shirt and it came out with a smiley face. Yeah, Talk to he, anybody who knew him, he's a complete idiot, but and, the guy was just Yeah, he had ideas. Just lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I it mean, he, the word is he murdered his girlfriend, <laughs> buried under a tree. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. What did he use to a shovel? A shovel. <laughs> To hit her in the head. With yeah, he he liked he what he called it. He called it the head boing, <laughs> and and he thought it was a funny sound and didn't realize he was killing her while he was doing it. <laughs> it's funny sound. I'll make this funny. Make sound. a head boing. Uh, um, you want a head boing? Ow! Well, yeah. So he uh, they claimed that he came up with that as well as uh, crap happens, right? right? He came up with that. Uh, mm-hmm. That he was a smart man. He was for an idiot. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I, I I think we've talked about this before. I've had a couple of what I think for surefire yes ad campaign ideas that were just home runs, and I I you don't act on them. I though. took about a second to look into. How do I turn this into money? And it was like, you can't. You know we lost millions of dollars down under with uh, passing on Dingo Daycare. Right. Which would have been right. perfect. No, but I had a couple of ideas for golf. Yeah, I remember. And, and I thought I thought a couple of them were pretty decent. I thought they were, I thought they were home you runs. See, you see these ideas all the time. On, you know, and these are the things that pop up on those little Instagram blurbs, that we, you know, these advertisers. You know, he said, I had an idea like that. Why didn't I follow through? But I started to follow through, and I and I, I talked to some people in, in the advertising world, and they're like, look, the bottom line is you need to work for an agency. You need to then take that and pitch it to a client, yeah. and then you can't just... You can't just have the idea. Who are you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. uh, yeah I thought um, maybe our uh, business uh, after uh, our radio goes away, uh, could be, we could be like uh, Jesse and... Uh, 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 uncle Jesse and Uncle Who. What's the I other uncle? Say Jesse and Walt from from uh, Breaking Bad. <laughs> uh, like you get into a meth lab. <laughs> I mean, there's money let's, to be made let's there. Just make meth. No, we could do, you know John Stamos uh, open an advertising firm because ah. I you know that's the sort of stuff that we do. You know what I mean? You come to us John with your Stamos. business. Me and John Stamos. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I actually worked a little bit. I had when I was starting getting everything up and running career-wise. I did a little bit of stuff for an advertising company yeah. and wrote, came up with ideas for, for things. And they, you know, I was sort of a freelancer and they, uh, they were happy with what I did for them. But it, it's, it is a, uh, it's a tough business because, you know, again, in that realm, the clients are very picky and, you know, sure. you're, it's, an, it's an image. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, but if, if, uh, if ideas and Casey, I know you are an idea guy. Uh, or what you're interested in, NASA is offering $20,000 to design a moon toilet. Yes. <sighs> a moon toilet. Yes. Okay. They Sorry. actually worked uh, on Big Bang Theory. There was a thing about the uh, zero-gravity you know, toilet um, and how one would construct that and, and the lengths that whoever got to that brass ring, so to speak... Would make a a fortune because well, this yeah this won't be zero gravity it'll be low gravity, low gravity. lower gravity yeah. because it'll be on the moon so you will be able to plop it'll just get a little bit slower right uh, making its way down huh. uh, so a regular toilet will not work in low gravity NASA's come up with solutions for the space station but they're looking for ideas for a toilet that would work on the moon. Uh, which has gravity about one-sixth of that of Earth. So you could take a dump, go have breakfast, and be back in time for the splash. Maybe. Uh, the space agency is soliciting ideas and will pay $20,000 for the best toilet design, 10000 for the second place, and five for third. The yeah. only intentional joke in the movie 2001 involves <clears throat> him looking at the directions for the zero-gravity toilet. Yeah. Uh, one of the, and it's, uh, you know, of course, six paragraphs long. Right. <laughs> Uh, I did see something. I don't know what I did with it, Steve. Speaking of toilets, but um, I think it was uh, Tushy. Is that the name of the company? Oh, the, is this the super duper warms up your ass, does everything sort of toilet? There's a bidet. Yes. And uh, they are looking for like a VP. I'm your man. Uh, I, that's what I thought. And yeah. damn it, I had I, it. I love my bidet. I yeah. had it here somewhere and I don't know where it went, where that story Keeps was. my vagina sparkling. Wow. I, I had it on too high. I didn't know that. <laughs> it shot I removed it off. a little stuff. No, it's uh, <laughs> for, uh, and it's just an, uh, one you'd find on Amazon. I think it was like 50, 50 bucks. Yeah. You know, and uh, the attachment's very easy, and it just, uh, it is one of those things where you find it very refreshing. 
Okay. So you're oh. looking for a VP of TP or what's going on? Something along those lines. The New York-based bidet brand is offering to pay someone $10,000 to study their pooping habits over the summer. This was in the New York Post last week. Come All on. you have to do is poop? Yeah. Case! Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean... We all do poop, right? Yeah, but you, you yeah. are. I am, the, I am a brand new white Casey, the, yes. ti- the person's title, I'm not making this up, is Tushy's VP of Fecal Matters. That's what it was. Yes. Thank you. And they will document their diet and bowel movements uh, daily for three months and describe their experiences on the brand new social media account. I mean, honestly. You uh, got, literally have money coming out your ass. Yeah, you would. <laughs> yeah. You would. So all you have to do is, is study your pooping habits and... Covered on social media? That's it. Yeah, you have to live stream it. <laughs> the ideal candidate <laughs> The ideal candidate is, quote, anyone with a butt, says T- oh. uh, CEO Jason Ojalvo. <laughs> Casey, this is perfect for you. It is. Because you already take pictures of your turds from I time do. to time. I do. All turds and also, like, some, you know, some of the best places I've ever dumped. My Grand Canyon dumps were the best, I thought. Why? What makes them the best? They were just scenic. Uh, you just you oh. sat on a groover right uh, on the Colorado River. You the, know the scenes were scenic, not the groover. dumps themselves. Well, <laughs> on a Sunday afternoon, Nick, I recall them being the most pleasant dumps of my uh, entire life. Like right. a week's worth of really. I really recall <laughs> those as the most pleasant dumps of my life at the basin of the Grand Canyon. <laughs> groover. Yeah, I think that's what they call it. Uh, it was a box with a toilet seat on top of it. Okay. And you dumped into it for a couple of days, and then they sealed it up and got a new box. And then so. <laughs> threw it on another party pass. Below. Right, right. Exactly. For as uncomfortable as you think it would be to do that. Um, it's worse? No. Um, when when there's when you're not the only one, and there's like 28 other people doing it. It it's sort like, of levels the playing it field. It levels the playing field, and you don't feel... Because I definitely, when, when that is going on... I feel so vulnerable. And so pretty. And not pretty at all. Like, I just, I can't stand the thought of actually being with people That's when that's going on. Question. Yes. When you're doing that, mm-hmm. when you're on it, when you're taking a dump on a box in the wilderness. Yeah. Uh, is there anything Bears? that is put up for privacy? No. Well, I mean, so where so, do you go? Okay, so at the, um, the natural flora and fauna is your privacy, right? So... There were there are definitely some designated camping spots along the way, right? For grooving, and, and for, for for grooving, man. Um, no, so, but you you have to clean up everywhere you go. Like you you know you have to leave the camping ground uh, as you found as it. you found it. So there's there's nothing. So when you get there, all right, this is the sleeping area, this is the kitchen area, and then you basically there was like a little pathway, and you would kind of be behind some bushes and stuff like that. Okay, but the question question is, yes. you're with several people. Oh yeah. Okay, so the 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 guide goes and sets up the groover. Okay, yes, right, right, yeah. It's in a designated location. Yeah. And what do you do? Do you hang a dead lizard out if you're the one? So uh, here's so the deal. People see it or the, what? Yeah. The toilet paper. Or, so there was. Uh, there's basically the door, so to speak. A bear stands in front What's of you. The door? the door, so to speak, is. The door is probably a good fifteen to twenty yards away from the groover. All right, and and not within eyesight of the groover. But at the door is where the toilet paper is. What is it? Just the toilet paper? It's toilet paper. So if there's toilet paper at the door, that means the bathroom's open. If there's no toilet paper there. Because no one has carried the toilet paper all the way to the the groover. Got it. If the toilet's on the groover, don't come for a pooper. (laughs) Right. There you go. Yeah. All right. I like it. Uh, The... the, uh, 
Okay, listen, you're right. It's necessity. You're going to have yeah. to do it. But there, I, I do agree that in that particular act, I would uh, I would really prefer to have a sense of privacy. Yeah, and, and you do. I, I, I don't mean, mind. Like, I could probably take a dump in the middle of the Bonneville salt flats yeah. if I wasn't surrounded, you know, if there weren't people close. Right. But I still want to have a little bit of yeah. privacy. Uh, there was okay. only, like, one or two times for the, the entire week where when I got to the, the bathroom door... Uh, there were other people there. Uh, for the most part, I just walked. Standing in line? Standing in line. Okay. Um, Are you and, allowed to bury it at all? No. No. So you You've were, got to mail it to a friend. This you were, you were required to do number one in the river. Okay. And number two could not be done anywhere except for on the Groover. So if you're going to go camping in, like, backcountry or whatever, that's you. you that's I what you want to do. Sometimes you can um, carry in, carry out. You bring bags with you or whatever. Or sometimes you can bury it. You dig does a your spore? Does your spore attract other animals? Is, is yep. there a liability with that? Absolutely. Because of the food in your so you don't wanna, spore? You don't want to poop anywhere near your campsite. Yep. And um, uh, you know what? Honestly, Casey, the, yeah. the thing that I found to be most difficult when pooping outdoors and while camping is... Um, positioning yourself in a way that you're like, all right, I'm going to be free and clear when I'm done. When I had to do that on Mount Washington, that was the toughest one. When you're doing, I'm pooping! When you're doing it with the Grand Canyon, at least you have that device to go along with you. Right. When, you when you're out in the middle of nowhere, you don't necessarily have uh, something to go into, except a hole. When you said uh, number one, do you guys remember the caller from last week who said that somebody was going the opposite of number one? And I'm like, so you mean number two? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He couldn't yeah. bring himself to say yeah. the words uh-huh. number two. Well, and is that technically the opposite? The it's opposite the would be having the urine come back into your... Yeah, I guess yeah. so, right? Exactly. So when I was doing... I was um, extracting urine with my penis. When I was getting ready to do that trip in the Grand Canyon, I, I thought I was going to have to dig holes. And so I bought biodegradable wipes and yeah. all of this stuff. Oh. And I was I was all prepared to dig holes and, and all of that. And, and well, I didn't aren't have you to. Aren't you a little well-equipped <laughs> little ranger <laughs> with your little handy wipes? But they So they bring all, the, obviously, everything you're going to need when you go on a trip like that. Yeah. And then last year, when I was in Utah for a few days, I went to, like, their warehouse of this, yeah. the, the outfitter that, that, you know, took us on the trip. And so their warehouse, you know, they have all the boats, all the dories, all the, you know, the kitchen and uh, the operation that they have in order to, and it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, you have to have everything thought out ahead of time. So when you have 28 people on the river with four river guides, that you it, don't have to worry about a thing. It's amazing when you're out and, and you have to go, you'll mm-hmm. go. Yeah. yeah. You know, that, mm-hmm. uh, that's it. Enough. Yeah. Yep. The only thing that I would recommend if anybody who's ever going to do that is, and I didn't think about this until later on, is, you know, maybe call your doctor and have some meds. Cyanide? Well, no. No, no. You, you should probably have like a Z-Pack or something sure. with you yeah. uh, just in case because uh, my friend Was did there a medic s- along with you? No, no, but my friend got sick like day one huh. and for three or four days on, and dude, we were there. Like there, yeah. was, there was, there was, you're there, you're not leaving. The only time you're leaving yeah, is if you're you there. like break a bone or get bitten by a rattlesnake and then they'll They'll call, call a chopper in, but yep, Call a chopper. You're in for the hole. Mm-hmm. Uh, hang on. Terry's got a story real quick. Uh, hi, Terry. Good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, what? What's up, Terry? Hey, I was in the Marine Corps when we went to Iraq for uh, in 03. And once we crossed the border and went to Baghdad, we retrograded halfway back to Kuwait and set up a communications uh, jump site. So the Army came in and pushed up berms around our site. And I was on the night shift. So I figured I had to take a poop. So I'm going to go before my shift ended. And I went, and I'm sitting there on a wooden ammo crate 
pooping, and I hear a whoop, whoop, whoop. I'm like, oh, crap, is that a helicopter? So I grab my weapon. I'm sitting there <laughs> dropping the deuce, and this Apache helicopter comes up over the berm, <laughs> and he stopped and hovering there, and the guy in the back seat took my picture. Oh, oh my man, God, that's crazy. Terry. <laughs> I'm sitting there pooping with my weapon in my hand. <laughs> Oh, I wish I could find that. Picture. Oh, if you could oh, you get that it? picture, Harry, that's they, they, priceless. They gave you the picture. No, I wish oh. I could find it. Oh, here. and so, so you're sitting there now. Were they hovering over top of you or just yes. off? Over oh, top of you, off so you could take a picture of me. Oh my yeah, yeah, god, that's too oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah. You got to get a good I mean, angle. I just reached up and waved to him. There's nothing else I could do. Yeah, nothing yeah, else but... you can do, man. You're 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 right there, dude. You're not. You got to finish. That's all there is to it. <laughs> you got to go and you got to go, yeah, Terry. Yeah. That's hilarious, man. Thanks for sharing. Patchy, you gotta, gotta, gotta have a good one. Appreciate you too. it. We'll see you later. What's I mean? You know, listen. That is a person at their most vulnerable moment, <laughs> oh. and it's hilarious. You know, and why is it that we're like, ha ha? You're pooping. <laughs> it's so it's so primal, though. That's why we've talked about this before. That's why your dog will look at you, or animals will look at you. Yeah. They're looking for you to see if you have a flight or f- uh, fight reaction. They're looking at your how you're reacting to everything around because if they see you get scared and move, they know that's a sign to, to move as well. That is when you are literally at your most vulnerable. So we were tailgating for an Eagles game at FDR Park years ago. It was probably like 20 years ago. I was with uh, <laughs> my friend and his friends from high school, and his friend Drew uh, had to poop. And so he pooped next to a tree. So if you know where, uh, like, basically Broad Street gets on to 95, uh, he was pooping in between that fence and a tree. And, oh, of course, they took pictures of him while he was doing it. man. And then they made the pictures when for his bachelor party, they put his picture on T-shirts. Uh, <laughs> did, he dump? did he did he actually just leave it there or did he oh no he left it there yeah yeah, yeah. wait a minute I, and the military's got to be rife with stories like the last one we have but oh I'm my gonna, god i'm gonna go to devin here because this is an interesting term hi devin you're on the air hey guys first time listener long time caller oh, oh. excellent <laughs> he's never listened but that's, he used to call all the time that's great what's up devin <laughs> So when we're out in the field, like in the middle of the desert, and there's nowhere to go, you can't really go lean against anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we call it windsurfing. Windsurfing. Yo, guys. Yeah, you go, yo, guys, I got to go windsurfing. And then somebody else who has to go to uh, walk out with you, and you actually pull your pants down, interlock hands, and both squat back holding hands. So you're doing uh, like, each other. like some sort of ex- like exercise. Exactly. And you're, you're holding on to your hands, leaning back, so you can both provide counterbalance for you to take a dump. I don't know if I could do that. That's what I was thinking. You I can do that. You got to do what you got to do, and you eventually have to get over that. But the first time doing that, Devin, must have been a little weird. You, you really don't have time to think about it. I mean, you've already been through so much together. I mean, from day one of going in, you're you're stripped naked and showering next to a guy that you never met before, you know? No, I, not any time to think about that. God yeah. bless you, man, because yeah. we always talk about that scene in Full Metal Jacket where yeah. in there, they're in the bathroom and the toilets are a, a foot apart and there's no divider, nothing, all in a row. But holding someone's hand, even yeah. someone who I love more than life no. itself, no, while defecating would be a difficult proposition. God, your hands are soft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Devin, uh, question for you. I, I would assume that nobody pranks you and, and lets go, right? Like it's 
That's a sacred time. It's a sacred okay. time. Yeah, okay. You yes. don't yeah. F. Yeah. yeah. I think that that's a... anything else comes to it when you're dumping in the, in the middle of the desert. Dude, wow. that's a time where you know you're safe. Yeah. I beg, think that's the best way you can establish who's a real friend. Thanks, Devin. Appreciate it, man. All right. Well, Thank anyhow, you. guys like that might be perfect for this uh, this yeah. position that's available through uh, the company Tushy. Uh, it's a bidet company. Uh, and, and the website is uh, hellotushy.com, and uh, just go to their job, to their jobs page. <laughs> hey, so that, VP of Fecal Matters, uh, a real qualifications, a real pooping human with any, 21 to 121 years of pooping experience. Any openings in piss? Uh, no, not, no. not currently. Okay. But listen, website. it's legitimately yeah. $10,000. You might yeah. as well apply for this. What the hell? You might get it. And the position is VP of Fecal Matters. Yeah. And it says that it's a three-month Fart time contract uh, that they have. For well, at least they have a sense of humor about and it. And it starts on July 22nd, so why not? Uh, so they're a New York-based bidet company called Tushy, so I, why not apply? You reported, and we have in general have known that the amount of bidets sold has increased dramatically since the beginning of this whole pandemic thing, especially with the, uh, the toilet typically paper. finding toilet paper at the beginning of it. So yeah, why yeah. this is the, this is the industry of the future. Yep. All right, well, listen, we need to take a break cuz I have some bizarre file stories that I collected over the weekend that I'm dying to share with you. So we're going to do that when we get back. Make sure you stay with us. 933 WMMR presents Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month, Biker Daughter. Celebrating our area's best talent. Bringing it to you on air, online, and in the community. Here and see more at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Biker Daughter. Jackson's Local Shots Artist of the Month. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. All right, we are going to do the Bizarre File right now. Bizarre. WMMR presents Bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, Bizarre File. Brought to you by Sequoia Outback. Whether you're looking to build a new deck or freshen up the patio with new furniture, Sequoia Outback has everything you need to create your backyard oasis. Route 309 in Hatfield or online at decksupplies.com. We'll start in Louisiana. This has happened again. Police say they're trying to identify the man who jumped into the aquarium at Bass Pro Shops on Thursday and took a swim before climbing out and running out of the store. Man, everyone's doing it. I'm wondering if I'm missing out on something. I want to see a nationwide campaign of people jumping into the Bass Pro Shop Aquarium. (laughs) A complaint was filed Friday morning after the business determined that there would be costs associated with emptying and cleaning the 13,000-gallon aquarium, which features a species of fish local to the region. And you throw off the uh, the water composition. You're screwing things up when you do that. Uh, the video showed the man swimming in the tank, climbing out of it, and then running out of the store. I'm looking at video of it right now. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I didn't see that. What an idiot. Okay. Police say that they have a couple of leads, and they are working on it. But uh, if anybody knows this man or where he might be... You are urged to call the Bossier City Police. <laughs> you know he bragged to someone about doing that. Oh, of course yeah. he did. Absolutely. So somebody's got a somebody's got a snitch on this guy. Yeah. <laughs> For the fish. Three teenagers were walking along a railroad bridge. This is a, this is a terrible story, but pretty wild in uh, the people who did survive. 
uh, a train came. They were walking along a railroad bridge. A train came, causing all three of them to instantly react. One of them hung over the side of the bridge. One laid underneath the train as it went by. And unfortunately, a 15-year-old girl was hit and lost her life. Jesus. But the other two survived. Survived. It happened Wednesday in South Fayette, Allegheny County. Uh, the <clears throat> the teens were walking on the railroad bridge when a westbound train came along. The 15-year-old girl was hit and killed. A 17-year-old girl reportedly jumped out of the way and then hung on to the side of the bridge. Uh, she was pulled to safety by a nearby construction worker who was doing some paving work. Uh, the girl was hospitalized with a leg injury. And police said the third teen who was on the bridge just simply laid down on the tracks the train rolled over her. Remarkably, she survived. Oh, my God. No injuries, no nothing. Nothing. Passed right over. Mm. That might be my thing to do. I wonder what the clearance is on your average I would, railroad. I would never have the, the balls to. I would jump off the bridge no yeah. matter how high as opposed to laying down mm. thinking that the train would run over me without hitting me. I couldn't. Uh, there was no way I'd be able to do that. What's the clearance of an average don't know. Train, yeah. I have no idea. We but need to I find s- out in case we're run over by a train. If yeah. I saw it coming, I don't think I would have the ability to lay myself down on the track. Would you stand your ground? Oh, no, I'd jump off the freaking <laughs> the, 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 the bridge <laughs> yeah, and probably yeah. die. A pooping jogger has been caught in the act while he was captured on security <laughs> camera out back of another man's shop and then forced to clean up his own mess. That's only right. A video mounted on a wall outside the back of the shop shows a gray dumpster uh, behind the shop and a small gap between a brick wall. And the video shows a man hide between the dumpster and the wall. And then the back door of the shop swings open. A man comes up realizing he has swung the door onto someone uh, before he heard him cry out. And when he sees the man there, he yells at him and tells him to clean up his crap, (laughs) which he did. Good. The offender was forced to use his bare hands to clean it up Uh, and then carry it off with him across the road. Now eat it. (laughs) All right. Eat it. Now eat it. Excuse me? Eat it. I said eat it. I'm calling the cops. Yeah. All right. All right. Let you eat it. Uh, Here's a story out of Buffalo, New York. And this is a story of a state Supreme Court justice. A guy named Mark Grisanti and his wife are under police investigation for allegedly assaulting their neighbors during a fight on their street Monday. The fight, which appears to have erupted over after a dispute over a parking spot in front of the Grisanti home, was caught on a surveillance camera mounted on the neighbor's home. The footage shows Grisanti and his wife, Maria, walk onto the driveway of Gina Mele and her husband. The Meleys live across the street. Pushing and shoving ensues before punches are thrown and a string of expletives are unleashed by both parties. Uh, Melee said they started swearing, move this effing truck. Mark and Maria came over. She's talking about the judge and his wife. Came over on our property in our driveway. My husband came down from the porch. Maria physically pushed my husband. She punched my husband in the face. I came off the porch. I told her not to touch my husband. And then she bit my husband's arm and would not release. Oh, man. Melee was left a large bruise on her left forearm where she said Maria grabbed her. Melee's husband, Joseph, who was hospitalized after the fight, had a black eye and bite marks on his arm, which he said were also from Maria Gazanti. Have they had encounters before? They have. At one point in the video, Maria can be seen putting uh, being put in a Buffalo police cruiser in handcuffs. Mark Gazanti, the judge... Uh, who engaged in a struggle with Joseph Melee is shirtless and shouting in front of his house. 
Melee said Mark Grizzani was also placed in a police cruiser, and he said they were very intoxicated. Uh, Mark was trying to fight with my husband, Melee said, swinging at my husband. My husband just kind of held him down, did not hit him at all, and told him to just stop it. Uh, the confrontation with members of the, uh, with the, I'm sorry, there have been run-ins before uh, with the judge and his wife. In 2012, there was a uh, scuffle at a casino in Niagara Falls in which he said that he and his wife were attacked and beaten during a confrontation with members of the Seneca Nation of Indians. Jeez. Uh, Melee said that she and her husband have had disputes with the Grisanti stretching back years. She said Grisanti has at times tried to use his political positions to threaten her and her husband and did so again on Monday. So this is a supreme <laughs> state Supreme Court justice. You should feel confident with his decision. Shirtless and yeah. fighting. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> All right, one last story. Uh, a man is accused of starting several fires and shooting at deputies during a standoff. The sheriff's office said the standoff lasted more than seven hours. Investigators said they first responded to the home after... Uh, Dwayne Bauman's family reported that he was acting strangely with a gun. So he set fire to a home, two vehicles, a barn, and almost 100 hay bales. A friend of Bauman said that Bauman was upset over a hog confinement project in the area. Uh, okay, now I understand why he would be driven to do all that because of a hog confinement project. Uh, Tommy Hexter, the suspect's friend, said he has a message to tell the entire world. Let the hogs go. He was willing to burn down his whole house, risk his life, fight the police to free this land from industrial agriculture. <laughs> That seems to be counterintuitive. Authorities took Bauman into custody Wednesday night. He is charged with three counts of second-degree arson and intimidation with a dangerous weapon. Fortunately, no one was hurt in the incident. You wonder at what point the f- switch gets oh. flicked where he's deciding, okay, I need to do this. Nick, pull that. Pull that. Uh, you need to see the mugshot, Steve. You need to go over where Nick is and see the mugshot oh of this guy. That's, that's oh the guy. God. Is that blood? I don't know what he painted himself with, but he's got... Some sort of... No, I don't think it's blood, Casey. He, oh he has bizarre paint all over his body. Well, I would say there's some other issues going on there. Yes. Other than just the hog confinement. Just the hog confinement project. Yeah. All right, and that's what I have in the Bizarre File for you this morning. So, one of the things that Casey works hard on all year long is getting his team together for the Bend to the Shore bike tour. And it takes place in August every year, right? Well, Grace? so actually, it was supposed to take place in oh, July. In, in July, it's usually yeah. at the end of July, usually like the last Sunday in July. But yeah. uh, this year, it's uh, it was moved to August, right? And so there's an update on this. There's a brand new update. So we are going to welcome the owner of the Irish Pub, a good friend of the President Steve Show, Mr. Mark O'Connor, who's on the program. Hey, Mark, how you doing, man? Good morning. How are you? Good morning. So we're doing okay. All right, so. The 33rd annual Bend to the Shore bike tour is scheduled for Sunday, August 23rd. What's the latest? What's going on? Yeah, so unfortunately, we're we're going to have to uh, go go um, and and not do it this year. We're not going to ride to Atlantic City, and we're going to go virtual. Virtual, okay. As, as many other charities are doing, just because of the the state that we're in currently. That's correct. Yeah, we held on as long as we could, and and. Uh, there's so many moving parts and trying to figure them out and insurance and every township we ride through had different regulations and uh, the police weren't sure how much they could support us or even be involved. And, and uh, so it seemed like um, uh, the only the only route was to go virtual. Yeah. And I, you know, just even with, with the rest stops as well, you have uh, 
four rest stops along the way and, and coordinating all of that stuff because the rest stops have, uh, you know, porta pots and, uh, you know, Gatorade and water and, and food, you know, sustenance and stuff. So, you know, you know, just trying to get all that stuff in order only for it to maybe be canceled at the last minute. I, I understand making this call now. Now, um, uh, Mark, I want to uh, talk to Nick McElwain here because Nick is, uh, does the um, he does the big climb every year. And that went virtual this year as well. And I wanted to ask you. I, listen, obviously, it's a punch in the gut when that happens, but how, how did it work out for you guys this year? Well, it ended up being pretty cool because the the charity itself just continues to do something. And, you know, and so, Mark, I think you can probably speak to this, but doing something is better than nothing. You guys keep the, the name of Bend to the Shore out there. You can continue to fundraise. Even if it's not as many active people going literally down to the beach, people are doing something and continuing. And then the other side of all of this is, hey, in 2021, Bend of the Shore is going to be back and, and better than ever. Nick said, that's very well said. That's exactly where we are. Um, we already have some team captains talking about setting up rides for their teams. Uh, you know, sometime in that month, we're, we're going to do a month virtual ride where we're hoping people will, will lock 65 miles between July 26th and August 23rd. And if they do that and they raise $70 on top of their $30 registration, they'll get a medal. They'll still get the T-shirt. You know, we'll mail all that out. But um some small groups are getting together, some teams, just to do a ride, just to have that camaraderie that uh, I think we all will miss on that day. Because as Casey could tell you, it's and, and Preston, you've seen it, it's, it's just a great day. It's a wonderful day yeah. and, a, and a lot of fun. So, so we're, we're very sad for that, especially with all that's been going on. It would have been uh, a real nice day for the members of of uh, the law enforcement community and, and all the other first responders and everything that they've been going through. It would have been nice for them to have a day where they could let their hair down. And it's, it, it obviously the, the families behind the, uh, the bad children's foundation uh, is, is one of the, uh, the organizers and recipients. And it, it goes, it goes to that. But in, in this case, I would say that what we've seen, you know, um, as far as uh, these things going virtual and just the way people are sort of doing makeshift versions of it, the generosity of people is is very much intact. So uh, you yeah. know, this could be a uh, you could actually get a, a good return on this because obviously people can go as you said and go in their own groups and and do the ride anyway. Uh, but uh, I mean, in the long run, it'd be nice at the end of this to say, hey, we did pretty damn well with this, and and I think that can happen if everyone just gets on board and, and does what they can. Even listen for the people who've been very lazy, they can now be a part of it <laughs> yeah. and just make the donation. Yeah. And and the need continues, the mission continues. Besides supporting families of fallen first responders, we have a program that we started after the incident in Ferguson um, all, the, all the way back in 2014 where we put uniformed police officers in classrooms in disadvantaged neighborhoods interacting with the children in things like chess. And, and we have step programs and we have drum lines. We had a carpentry program. A uniformed officer will go in and sit on the floor and read to the first graders to try to change that perception that these kids have of the officers to see the human that's behind the the uniform. Because what we know and what most know is that most cops are just trying to do a good job. Mm -hmm. So um, that mission continues and is more important than ever. And we we really have to keep that going. So we're hoping that people will sign up and, and donate and uh, allow us to continue to do that in the in the schools in uh, some of these neighborhoods in Philadelphia. So the money raised is, is, is uh, especially with that application, an investment of the, in the future. Oh, absolutely. And that's why the cops love it. The cops are, are real big fans. We've had great support from Philly PD, 
great support from Atlantic City PD, uh, from Temple Police. Temple's been fantastic. And uh, they, they all see that this will pay dividends down the road. And what other choice do we have? We have to fix this problem. We have mm. to attempt to fix this problem. And that's uh, where we're going to put a lot of energy this year. And hopefully we'll raise enough money that we can, uh, we can really work hard on it. All right. So it's going to be Sunday, August 23rd. That's when the virtual event's taking place? For the whole month, right? Well, yeah, a whole month. And it'll culminate on the 23rd. And, okay. Uh, case, um, uh, uh, Greg Murphy's going to reach out to you, Greg Murphy from the Phillies. He wants to maybe do a little ride with your team and his <laughs> team. And he's going to reach out. and maybe. Oh, that's great. I, I look forward to hearing from him because I got to tell you, when I first heard about this yesterday, I was like, oh, thank God I don't have to do it. Uh, and <laughs> then, I, then I immediately thought, no, I'm going to try and do something with my team, maybe down the shore, maybe doing something from like Atlantic City to Cape May or you're saying it has to be 65 miles because I, 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 it's 43 from AC to, uh, wow. Whatever goes on the ride stays on the ride. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mum's the word. Yeah, that, nobody's going to check up on you this year, man. You yes. can get away with it. It's all going to a good cause anyway. Yeah. All right, Mark, we'll post the information on our website and pass it along, okay? Good luck with everything. Thanks so much. You bet. All right, Mark O'Connor. Yeah. Irish pub. All right, we need to take a break, so let's do that very thing right now. We'll come back in just a moment. Stay put. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. As we ease back into life bit by bit, Acme wants to help you reconnect bite by bite. When doors start to open, when parks are filling with laughter again, and you can reconnect with family and friends over food, Acme will be there with you every step of the way. For birthdays and barbecues, parties and picnics, and of course, down the shore. Celebrate life together with Acme, your favorite local supermarket, and the official supermarket of MMR's Preston and Steve Show. If you're looking to celebrate someone, simply say I love you or honor mom. Steven Singer has safe and free shipping in time for Mother's Day. IHateStevenSinger.com Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Hey, real quick, I want to thank uh, those who happen to follow me on Instagram. Um, I, I told you last week I had someone who was pretending to be me. Yes. Set up an account with my name, a, a version of my name, and my photos from my account, and then was starting to direct message people. That's a little creepy. So I got a couple of people who sent me screenshots of someone, this person who is DMing them and saying some things that weren't, they were just nothing I would say. And so I'm like, all right, that's it. I've, I've reported it. Nothing's happened. So I put it, I made a post on my own page that said, can you please report this person? Right. And they took it down. They took it down. Right. There you yeah. go. So it Wouldn't it suck if the person pretending to be you had a better page working than you? Yes. <laughs> Like, would. more interesting and engaging. It was a private Better account. drum videos. So I didn't go on there, and I didn't take a good look at it. guy's a better player than I am. <laughs> Come on. Man. A better this version of Preston. What the hell? He's better than I am. Uh, but, yeah, they... uh they took, eight cameras. They took it down, which is cool. All right, so. that's cool. Yeah, honestly, it's... it's because what could happen is someone could obviously say something that's horrific and then people pin it on you and you can't have that. But the problem was is people, when when you go to report something, it'll ask you, you know, is, you know, it'll ask if it's inappropriate and then why pretending to be someone else. And it says, is it pretending to be, and you have three choices, me, someone I know, 
or a celebrity or public figure. So most people were choosing public figure. Right. Uh-huh. And then you go in there and you start to type my name in. I don't exist under public figure. <laughs> there you go. Because I don't have a blue check. Yeah. And so I had to amend my original post. I'm like, by the way, it has to be someone. It has to be someone you know. Not public figure because I'm not noted as a public figure. We need to get blue chipped. We need to get blue. We need to get the blue check. Damn it! Um, What did you ask when they asked you if had you used a Groover in the past year? Yes or no? Uh, They didn't ask. Oh, okay. I was wondering. I didn't have to. And a Groover (laughs) is where you poop outside. Uh, It's a box. It's a poop box. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, But anyhow, thank you, thank you, thank you, gang, for doing that. I greatly appreciate it. It's very nice. Made me nervous. It's annoying. Of course. Yeah. You have to waste your time dealing with that crap. It's All like right. when I dress as you and I go around on the weekends, what if right. I do something stupid? Right, but I know you're not going to. Uh, We've known each that. other for a long time, and I'm <laughs> yeah. okay with that. Uh, there, is, there are a couple of uh, audio clips to play. I've not heard these yet, but Josh Gad continues on his, uh, his project that he's doing where he's getting uh, movie cast back together to talk about the filming experience and sometimes play through some of the scenes. It's called Reunited Apart, I believe. And he did it with Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You know what, man? I... Regardless, after all this is over, yeah, I want this series to continue. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Even even if they're doing it this way, where they don't need to, and I think it's yeah. actually it's gotten its legs because people are more inclined to just pick up a phone and do do this. But uh, keep it going because I'm loving it. But he is doing these a little too fast, um, and you're going to run out. <sighs> and need to let second. it breathe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. there's there's still a whole bunch, obviously. But I just watched this movie, beginning of the quarantine. Talk about Ferris uh, Bueller. Uh, Ferris Bueller. I watched it, and it probably, it had been, I don't even know, maybe 10 or so years since I watched it last, but I watched it from beginning to end, and it holds up yeah, big time. Yep. Uh, so just a couple of clips to play. Uh, let's go with uh, the first one, Casey, which is, jo- is Josh Gad? Oh, you're talking about Broderick. Okay. Right, yeah. right. Here we go, talking to Matthew Broderick. It's just, it's kind of not that interesting. John Hughes, who wrote it and directed it. This is him talking about how he got cast. Yes. I got a call from my agent that said he wanted me to be in a movie, and uh, I didn't really, I was in a play at the time, and uh I hadn't seen, everybody said he's the uh, Steven Spielberg of teen movies, everybody. And I said, well, that seems good. And then I think I rented uh, Breakfast Club and 16 Candles, and I loved them. By the way, so what had Matthew Broderick been in up to that point? He had, had he done anything up War, to that was point? Was War Games before that? Maybe so. he was a smidge younger. Yes. But Bueller, but the the Bueller project, um, John Hughes, that was it. That's the guy he wanted, Matthew yep. Broderick, and the movie was going to be uh, sink or swim on whether they got Matthew Broderick. Yeah, uh, Ferris Bueller was eighty six, and then uh, and this one I did have to look up. War Games was eighty three. Oh. I remember the first thing I saw him in here is that, Stephen, you'll remember this, Max Dugan Returns. Yes. That was the first Jason thing Robards. that I remember him in. He played the son and and uh, the, the grandson to yep. Jason Robards yeah. in that movie, which is a cute movie. It is. And then War Games came Marshall after Mason's that. Marshall Mason's in that, too. And that popped him up a bit. And, uh, and then, yes, he did a couple other things, including Lady Hawk. He was in that. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't until Ferris Bueller hit, and then boom. You know, he he took off. And that was, you know, John Hughes knew what he wanted, so he obviously had a, a, an image in mind, and then they were they were off and running. Mm-hmm. And uh, But they, they got, so they had um, Matthew Broderick, they had Alan Ruck, they had Mia Sarah, Jeffrey Jones is 
as a liability. I, I think he passed. Is he passed away, Jeffrey Jones? Well, I don't know. He also had an issue with um, there was some underage. No, he's still alive. Okay, yeah, he's got a bit of yeah. a checkered yeah. past. Yes, he does. Jennifer Gray was uh, part of this. Cindy Pickett, the mom, Lyman Ward, his dad, um, and uh, and Ben Stein, who is obviously probably has the most iconic line yeah. from the uh from the one movie. of them for yeah. sure so here's him uh uh talking about being a boring teacher here we go john you said to me would you ad lib a scene just as if you're teaching economics just ad lib a scene and then uh we'll see how it goes and i did that he said just don't, don't write down anything just something that's really interesting to you and i did the scene about tariffs and about smoot holly and about voodoo economics <laughs> and the student extras applauded and laughed, and I thought I had taught them a very good lesson about economics. They thought it was the most boring thing they'd ever heard. Oh, that's funny. So I got a text message from Craig Legans, and I believe everything that he says when it comes to movies and pop culture stuff, but he said Jim Carrey actually had auditioned for Ferris Bueller. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Uh, by the way, Ben Stein, his jowls have gotten really big. He's kind of talking yeah. like this now. Um, and then he, recre- he recreates... Uh, the anyone Bueller right, right, uh, yeah. thing here. Here we go. One of the greatest lines in cinema history, Mr. Ben Stein, give it to us. Bueller. <laughs> Bueller. Bueller. Yes! And there it is. <laughs> that was so great. He played the perfect monotone. Nobody's getting anything out of this guy, teacher, and we all had one at one time or another, right? Oh, yeah. I've had many, and I love how Hughes takes the camera and goes around the classroom as all the different students are trying to... Oh, yeah. There's a one kid who's laying down. He's got the drool (laughs) on the desk. (laughs) I thoroughly remember that happening to me in high school. And then there's another clip, Aaron Rock, who played Cameron, uh, talking about... Alan. Alan. I'm sorry, Alan Rock. Yeah, he played uh, Cameron, who uh, talks about um, uh, John Hughes as the director. He treated kids uh, with respect. He treated them like complete human beings. Because so many teen movies, they're objects of derision or it's all sex jokes or whatever. But he treated kids like they have problems, they have worries, and he honored all of that. There you go. So they they also had... um... Let me see who else they had. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm surprised Charlie Sheen didn't. Uh... <laughs> yeah, he actually is. Actually, they recreated that scene on the Goldbergs. Yeah, and uh, they they did the lines exactly the same uh, way, except at the end, when in the Goldbergs recreation, when he finally is released, he gets it. He goes. He goes. I feel like I've been sitting in this chair for thirty freaking years. <laughs> <laughs> Why is Jake Gyllenhaal a part of this? Yeah, uh, the Josh yeah they, just, they just showed him up on the uh, on the screen. That I don't know. I don't know. Oh. And then uh, also, um, uh, Steve. Apparently, this is the last one that Josh Gad is going to do this summer. So he might do some more down the road. But this was the last um, for now. They reunited a part series. They yeah. should. Sometimes they bring in people who are just who are just uber fans yeah. to talk to the cast. And uh, and uh, it's uh, I, maybe that's Jake Gyllenhaal's thing. I, I can't imagine that he was anywhere. You know, he must have been uh, what a year old. Well, yeah. he was in uh, City Slickers, which came out in 1990. Um, he was in City Slickers. Yeah, he's the kid. He's uh, he's, kid, he's yeah. um, Billy he's... Crystal's son. No, they can pop way. his shoulder out. I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. So he probably was, uh, I don't know, four or five when Ferris Bueller came off. But wow. Yeah. Okay. okay. Jennifer Gray looks great, by the way. She does. She yeah. killed her career by with the nose by, job. By, with the nose job, but she still uh, yeah. looks she, great. She looks great. I'm sorry, is Sloan in this? If we're we're looking yeah. at the screen here, is she the one that's to the left of? Uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Gray, Gray with Mia the dark Sarah. Hair. Yeah. Wow, she looks a little different. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I had a crush on her big time. Yeah. Sloan was like 18, I guess, when or 17 when she was in the movie, and both Matthew Broderick and Alan Ruck were in their mid 20s. Yeah, you know, because they were both doing Broadway stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but they, you know, they obviously played younger. Yeah, you know what? She was she was big time crush. Oh my god! Uh, in the movie Legend too, uh, which uh, which is the uh, Ridley Scott Tom Cruise fantasy with uh, Tim Curry as that big horned. Is it good? I love it. Some people hate it. I think the the visual imagery in it alone is just magnificent. Okay, mm-hmm. but she looks uh, spectacular in that. So this is the last one he's going to do for a little while. Apparently, yeah, he's going to okay. give him up for a stretch, but uh, they might come back at some point. Okay, cool. Nice. I love that he's been doing it. Um, all right. So besides that, uh, Nick had uh, Nick made a fire over the weekend. <laughs> Not just a fire. Yeah. Here's uh, what I need to find out what the, what this is all about because you guys were talking about it. It's this. very cool. So um, speaking of Instagram, I posted this on Instagram uh, last night and um, store, and um, I bought it uh, two or three weeks ago. And I was up visiting my girlfriend's parents last weekend in the Poconos. And my girlfriend's mom has this thing called Color Flame, and she got it for her husband. I'd never heard of it before, and a packet, she found it in a store up in the Poconos. Uh, she found it for uh, a packet of three for about 10 bucks, And it had been sitting uh, in the basement of their house since Christmas. They hadn't gotten around to using it, so we, we busted it out last weekend, threw it on the fire. The instructions are simple. Start your fire, gather around it, add Color Flame, and then instruction number four, be amazed. And so we all read these instructions, and we looked and laughed and giggled and thought that this was ridiculous. And then we threw the thing in the fire, and for 45 minutes, we were amazed. <laughs> I've seen this on, on Instagram. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it um, looks it, cool, man. It turns your fire uh, into a goblet of fire. You get uh, really bright um, purples and blues and greens. It lasts much longer than you would ever uh, expect. Um, and it, it was unbelievably amazing. So for 10 bucks, uh, Yeah, we used to, when I was a kid, we used to... Do this? Did you have these packets? Well, it was a, it was a, um, uh, it was like these crystals, and you would shake them into the fire. Okay, and then yeah, it would turn a color. So it was these, really cool. These packets are filled basically with uh, copper oxide, and the copper is what turns it blue and purple. And I guess there are different um, levels of the copper oxide that they can uh, get different chemical reactions, hence the different colors. Yeah. Um, but I was really amazed at how long the thing lasted, uh, and so we used it in our fire pit over the weekend as well, and it, it, it didn't disappoint the second time either. It's just it's such a silly little thing. For ten bucks, but man, was it fun! I remember when we—I was in the Boy Scouts and we lit a fire at Camp Delmont, and we were throwing like um, chips ahoy bullets, <laughs> not bullets, Steve. <laughs> um, no chips ahoy packages in there, and we got blue and green flames from that from chips ahoy package. But though yeah. you, you could be releasing um, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. This yeah. is the eighties. You yeah, don't care about that. Well, you are. You're releasing something. So yeah. I got a few people when I posted this on, on Instagram, people were warning me, you know, don't cook hot dogs over it. Don't breathe the fumes. And we weren't doing anything. You sit back and you look at it. But I'm telling you, man, the video does not do it justice. To see this thing in person. I want to see because it's, it's really cool. The video looks looks nice. The video is neat. But I'm sure it's a lot more um, you end up other s- colors deeper than oh we're seeing. Oh, my God. Yeah. And you end up staring at the coals for a longer period of time. You end up uh, <laughs> looking for the different greens does, that come up. Does it burn off because I have a, a propane fire pit? So I haven't used it in a propane. I haven't seen any warnings not to use it in a propane tank or a propane fire. We, we, you know, we use regular wood in the fire pit, and we used it in the fire pit last weekend, too. Um, but I was really amazed at how long the thing lasted. It was, like I said, 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, Nick, I'm looking at the, the video of this, and, it, and I see that you use the, uh, the TP method. 
Yes, for uh, building the fire. For your fire. I have recently changed. I was always a teepee method guy. Okay, go on. And I now do basically the log cabin style. Not a wigwam. And, and have found that it that I like I prefer the way that it burns. So Explain stack, the difference. You stack so, in a rectangle. Two across and two across. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, crosswise. And um yeah, I was I was skeptical because I like I now I always start with uh with my uh with my kindling. Yes. Uh, in a small teepee because it it catches easier that way, and then once that gets going, and then you add was I, what I didn't know there there are different names for the things that you throw into the fire. Then you add the fuel in the fuel or the logs. Yes, so you of have, course. You have your kid actually there, there's kindling. There's something else in, in tinder. Tinder. Thank yes, you. Right. So that so the kindling and then the tinder. That's I for stay. gay uh, hookups. Yes, that's uh, yeah, that correct. People. Yes. <laughs> The tinder I do the the teepee form, and once that gets going, then I put the fuel in the in the log cabin form. At you what ever, point and it, you, and it burns much more efficiently? Okay. I have found. Okay. Oh, all right. So, all right. So, but there there is in the middle. There is a big square open square area. Yeah. You, yeah. Okay. I think it allows the 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 That's fire where you to put the keg to breathe better. Okay. And, and to uh, to burn more efficiently. You ever try and put the kindling inside of a paper bag and uh, light it that way? No, I use paper bags as uh, to start. I use that okay. as as the uh, as the kindling. So I, I tear up I, I tear up paper bags. Uh, <laughs> so we save those. Yeah, the grocery store. Yeah, I tear up paper bags, crunch them up, and then I will take the uh, uh, the tinder and do the little pyramid. Light that, and then once the tinder gets going, then I'll lay the fuel down in the there log are, cabin. There side. are two. I have my method. The two methods in which you need to build a fire that are enormously satisfying as a man. The first is splitting the wood, and the second is building the fire. Yep. And and uh, listen, it's uh, there's not a, a sexist thing to say. You just feel manly when you do it. Yeah, I have a shovel in my trunk right now that can allow me to build a fire anywhere on earth. <laughs> yeah, if I dismantle this, it has a little device in it that helps me start a fire instantly. Do you have a fire pit, Steve? I do, I do. I yeah. have a pro, but it's propane, okay. so I was wondering about the um, oh. the efficacy of using these things and that, if that would cause an issue. We have an illustration here that is a variety of types of campfires, some I've never heard of. So yeah. the teepee fire is one we covered, and they have the log cabin, which is the one I was talking about. The pyramid fire, that looks interesting. Star fire, nope, never heard of that. The long fire, the tea fire, a keyhole fire, and then look at this Dakota hole yeah, fire. That's, that's pretty wild. Yeah, that's the one I was looking at. So that looks like it's it's dug in the ground and somehow it's got a vent that allows the, the air to circulate through and to, to feed it. That's so you jam the wood in your hole? Is that how you do that? That's how you do it. Just shove it in your hole. Uh, hang on, let me go to Julie, who's talking about adding color to your campfire. <laughs> Hi, Julie. Good morning. Good morning. You guys rock. Thank you. Julie, what did you want to share with us how to get color out of your campfire? So here's a really good way to uh, upuse and recycle and have fun. Yeah. All those broken Christmas lights that you just tend to roll up and throw in the trash and you don't, you can't recycle them, you don't know what to do with them. Throw them in your fire pit and watch the amazing colors. You're you're saying burn, <laughs> burn Christmas lights in your fire? Exactly. You know... Yeah, you know the little lights. Is, we know what they are. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I just it never occurred to me to throw them on an open flame. <laughs> well, apparently the, the like there's like some sort of between deadly the gas inside vinyl covering, the vinyl covering and the copper wire. It's the copper and the vinyl when they burn. All right, and you're going to see the same amazing oh. colors. So don't ever throw those lights away again. Steve, just burn them. On a summer night, the smell of burning vinyl. Oh yeah, no, it doesn't smell at I all. I mean, it you know, smell 
Yeah, that's you know what I like to do, honestly? And I'm kind of with you on this, Julie. What I'll do is I'll take old stereo equipment. (laughs) You ever do that, Preston? Take an old receiver and speakers and put them in the fire pit? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and car batteries? Uh, oh, yeah. When they me, finally explode. They, oh, my God, they explode. The it's like fireworks. I love it. Yeah. Places. And everyone gets yeah. it. You got to run. Thank you, Julie. I like it, Julie. Christmas lights. Right, so or the, your Christmas tree. Save that. Here, guys. The biggest problem with doing that uh, is that they emit an extremely toxic smoke. That's <laughs> what I was going to say. Like, if you remember. And they're actually illegal to burn, it says. Oh, to, so specifically, Christmas, Christmas lights. lights are illegal to burn. <laughs> you got to keep them plugged in, right? You got to keep them plugged in. Oh. There was a neighbor of mine years ago growing up. He used to throw, like, he had ping pong balls. Yeah. And he'd throw them into the fire. Oh, that, those are cool. They emit, like, a deadly gas when they're when ping oh. pong oh, balls. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, Stalag 13 or Stalag 17. That's how they got out of there. They took the pink ball balls and ground them up, and they made a big smoke. Oh, thing. in Towering Inferno. Yeah. Oh, they, they, remember they say, does, does, anyone, does anyone have a ping pong table in their apartment? We need to know. Um, uh, speaking of, of, you know, campfires and so on, a friend of ours, Adrian, he, when he builds a fire, he likes to build a gigantic fire, like a massive <laughs> Like a bonfire. It's a bonfire, like a full thing. I used to be into doing the big fire thing. So did I. Now I like just like four logs. A controlled burn. A burn for like hour and a half, something like that. It's perfect. It's great. No problem. The, and, but I don't need the gigantic towering flames coming out. You and I were <clears throat> part of one of the largest fires at the Cardboard Classic. That may is, have been what changed me. Yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, it was... Unbearable. We were we, the 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 notion used to be that we'd do a big bonfire after the cardboard classic yeah. and hang out and have this cool bonfire. And I think we did it. Do we do it twice or just once? It might have been just once. And uh, yeah. the heat was that. so intense. <laughs> the flames. I mean, and we were standing out there. And I, Preston, I, you and I are looking at each other like it hurt. This is uncomfortably hot. Yeah, yeah. it was like painful on my back because our back was too. We yeah, we take a picture. And it actually physically hurt. I'm like, we have to leave right yeah, now. This is this is too damn. Hot. We're about to go up. Yeah, you guys should have thrown in some uh, Christmas lights and plastic, and uh, got what, some pretty colors. Yeah. What we did is we took occupied school buses and had them park on on the fire, and it was fun in yeah. different colors. There's some old tires we can yeah. get rid of. But when I do, uh, when when uh, like some of the uh, when we do some trimming up uh, in the fall of uh, of some of the shrubs and stuff like that, I save. Uh, the, the the clippings and things to use for uh, kindling. Don't do uh, that later on. Take the take the devices you're using to do the clipping, right? And oh, put and those, burn those. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. the, hedge trimmers, yeah, hedge trimmers, gasoline, <laughs> electric powered. Throw them on. Uh, hang on a second. I want to go to uh, Tom has tips for building a fire. All hey, right, Tom, you're on the air. Good morning. Hello. Yeah, Hello. you're on the air, no, Tom. No, you're not. You rock. All right, let me give you a couple tips. Yeah. Right now, my wife and me are quarantined at our campground since April, so fires are one thing we enjoy. My fire pit is four feet long, three feet high. It's a gas main, metal. When you're going to start your fire, the best thing to use is dryer lint. Save all your dryer lint. It's the best kindling around to use. Um, Also, as far as changing the color, take old candles and shave them down to like a fine powder. Throw that in the fire and watch what happens. It's like witch's brew. Everything... It just 
What about dynamite? Really <laughs> uh, you know, there used to be candles. I don't know if you remember this, uh, Tom, and they would sell them. The whole thing was they would burn different colors. Do you remember? Yeah, and it I was, um, and they were great, but yeah. I, I'm sure there was some sort of lethal chemical in that. But oh, they yeah. were fun. Anybody that goes camping, please don't burn your styrofoam or your plastic forks when you're dumping them because it's really toxic. Not when you have all those Christmas lights. Let's just throw sand in the reindeer in the front of it. Right. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. thanks for the tips, Tom. Thank we appreciate you. it. But that, that part of camping, though, is throwing some things in the fire and just sitting there and watching, you know, like a like a glass bottle, like a beer bottle. Mm-hmm. How long will it take? Yeah, before that thing breaks. Yeah, you just kind of sit because you, you know, essentially, you're you're just sitting around the fire for hours and relaxing. You remember who was the comedian who told us a story about? The, and I mentioned it before. They threw a they, a big bonfire. They threw a keg in, and it detonated. It would. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, remember. I don't remember who that was, yeah. but I, I do remember that. All right, hang on a second here. Let me go to. We're finding out different things that burn <laughs> different colors. Uh, it is Tina. Or wait. Oh, it's Tim. Hey, Tim. Good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you guys doing today? Good. What's up, buddy? Do you ever, you ever try burning Pringles? Pringles? I actual chips. I yeah. took Pringles up camping with me one time. They're <laughs> going to easy snack. You can pack away. It's rigid. It won't crush. Just out of curiosity, I threw one in the fire. It looked like a rainbow. Yeah. Really? I remember hearing that before. And, and so never... you've heard this, Nick? Yeah. What, does it does it matter what flavor Pringle it is, or just any chip? I would just get. I would just over eat to eat the regular plain ones. But okay. I'm telling you, I've never eaten them since that day. I was just gonna say that makes me feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pringles. What about old Texas Instruments calculators? <laughs> mm-hmm. There's probably yeah. copper in it. Right? Right? Copper is you know? clearly the the mm-hmm. uh, the uh, right, thanks Tim color creating mm-hmm. element, hey, right? Right now, you could set Kathy's desk on fire and it would turn all I kinds know. of different colors. <laughs> you see all that copper I stuff know. she put on there? It, 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 she looks like the receptionist at a bordello. Uh, <laughs> both of you had the same reaction. What the f is going on? Over what there? is going on? Both over there? of you. Kathy got copper. all these things on her desk. All these little office, uh, you know, trinkets and things. It's actually kind and, of lovely. It's, and they're it's all rose gold. shiny copper. It's rose gold. <laughs> yeah. That that's just made of gold. Well, no, that's the color. Oh, rose gold. Okay. <laughs> it's like marron glacé. Marron glacé. It's not. That's a, like a brown. I think. Um, <laughs> all right. We have a chemist who can provide information on why the fire turns the color that it does, and that is Jay, the chemist. Hey, Jay. Good morning. Hey, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, Jay. All right, so what what are all these pretty colors that we're seeing? Um, well, it's not actually a chemical reaction, but it is um, the electrons actually oh. and the stuff you're putting in are moving around. And when they come back down from being in an energized state, they release a color. That's the wavelength that you guys see. So if, um, if, if you were looking wow. to get um, very vivid colors in a fire without creating a deadly gas, what would you throw into a fire? <laughs> Uh, well, it sounds like Pringles worked pretty well. It's probably, <laughs> yeah. the, it's probably the sodium on the Pringles, I would guess, um, from the salt. That okay. Was making that color. But um, my, mainly metals. Uh, some of them I probably wouldn't recommend, <laughs> but you, I'm sure you could look it up. So, it's Jay, actually a, uh, yeah, go ahead. Some people are, are texting and saying, you know, that you obviously should not burn when you put in the color flame or, or the copper oxide or whatever like that. And, and uh, that it's good advice. But I don't think that once it burns, you know, it dissipates pretty quickly. So as long as you're not putting your face right next to the fire, you're probably going to be OK. Yeah. Um, and it's actually a whole like uh, method that people use in science to determine um, science, like concentration of stuff. 
in, in certain like solutions or whatever, they they just ionize it with a flame. Jay, what about in, cool in the chemical logs that are are designed to burn it with different colors? You know the uh, what are they? What's the the, the name brand? The uh... The oh, Duraflames. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fire logs. And, yeah. What, 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 what are they putting in those, Jay, do you think, to get those logs to burn different colors? Uh, I couldn't really speak to, you, speak right. to that, but... Um, Probably Christmas you know, I... lights. <laughs> Go ahead. Lose him? I think we lost him. Jay? Yep, he's gone. All right, uh, let me hang on a second here. Eric has an inverted design of, of lighting a fire. Interesting. Eric, how you doing, man? How's it going? Just got out of the shower. Cool. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> all right. You got a talent? I was so matter-of-factly. How you doing? Got out of the shower. <laughs> all right, Eric, what's your design? So, basically, I grew up camping, and um, one of the ways, like, I'm kind of lazy when we're building fires. Um, so, when you build a fire, you have a regular, uh, regular like, pyramid. All that energy goes into the ground. One way that you can do it to make a, a fire last for super long and wear very wind-resistant is to just build like a very tightly stacked pile of wood. So, you know, like you get the big, big logs, like three by three, like on top. And then you put the little pyramid on top. And then when you when you light it, all that energy goes into the big wood. And then that fire gets so hot, it'll last through, like, rain. It'll last through wind. You can put, a, like, glass in there, and it'll literally melt the glass. I, I, I'm not following your description. Yeah, just describe it again, if you would. What's the actual structure from big logs to the pyramid on top? How do you do it? So you have the ground, you have you just dirt on the ground. And so bring can, the ground. And then imagine like three big like logs like next to each other. All right. Um, like in line with each other, just stacked okay. tightly together. Yep. And then on top of that, say like you, you take three, three more logs and, and turn them 90 degrees. Okay. Just so you have like a stable stack. Okay. And they can go as high as you want. And then and then basically go on top of on top of this, the stack of these really big logs, you put your whatever tripod or whatever uh, log house you want on top of that, and then you light it. And what happens is all that all that heat energy goes directly into those. Oh, logs I see what are... you're saying. It lights from the top down. Okay, yeah. interesting. All right, we're looking at uh, Nick found the uh, yeah they call it an upside down fire, and and he's describing it. It, it looks as you described it. Interesting. Okay. So this is a fire to generate heat, right? This is something that you would use while you're uh, you know if you're cold out in the in the woods or whatever. Well, yeah, it's, honestly, it's like the best survival fire. If you ever got end up it. somewhere... And okay. You, this is not a pretty a fire time. that you're gathering around just to, to look at a fire in a fire pit in, uh, you know, Villanova, for so, example. But, 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 but most <laughs> most survival kits should include a string of Christmas lights, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, Christmas lights. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Why Eric. Not? Thank right, you. Cool, thank Appreciate you. It. We, should, we should have a, a giant, you know... Uh, party after Christmas where everybody <laughs> brings their used Christmas lights. <laughs> They're old discarded. We just burn them in a yeah. big bonfire. Brand new super fun site. <laughs> and then wherever the wind's uh, blowing, go in and collect all the dead wildlife. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hang on. Ian says that there's actual wood that will uh, change colors when Ooh. it's burned. I'm going to go to Ian. Ian, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, what? What's up, buddy? <laughs> Not much. Um, yeah, if there's, if you can find locust or catalpa wood, it'll burn in like a cool, like neon green and purple. Neon green? Like, yeah, like a greenish, like, and uh purplish colors. I don't know what makes it does it do it. But, All right. Yeah. So locust and what's the other? Catalpa wood. Catalpa? Catalpa? Catalpa. 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 All right. 
Interesting. Wow, man. Yeah. Okay, I'd look for that. That's Catalpa. cool. It okay. seems a little bit more natural, too, if it's wood that just grows in nature yes. as opposed to Christmas lights. Yeah, exactly. Is this the second Catalpa tree reference we've had in the last two weeks? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that thing that you, you pretended to smoke, Casey, those Catalpa pods or whatever? Remember we talked about that? Yeah, I don't remember the name of the actual uh, tree. Okay. Okay. Johnny Smokers. Johnny, Johnny Smokers. Smokers. Yeah. That's what that thing was. And right. we, we assume they, so you think they might have been Catalpa? I can't remember exactly what the Catalpa those were. family? Yeah. Here, yeah, Julie's got something for you to throw on the fire. Hi, Julie. Good morning. Hey, how are you? Good. What's up, Julie? Um, well, keeping up the theme with Julie trying to kill people. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> you, um, If you get glow sticks and if you don't snap them, when you throw them in the fire, they'll explode. And then they'll be like glowing cool. glow stick all over. I think that's good because when, yeah. when the paramedics show up, the area will be illuminated. <laughs> be yeah. to and it'll You'll be have... easier to close your wounds. With your molten green <laughs> right. homemade lava on your face. And then where the, it they can suture yeah. out the Christmas lights yeah. on right. your forehead. Right. <laughs> right. All right, thank I don't you. know what's in those glow sticks. I can't imagine that it's uh, 100% safe. However, uh, my nephew uh, broke one open by accident and it squirted into his eye and all mm. over his face. Yeah, I mean, we were pouring water on him, the whole thing. He was completely fine so i don't know what's in there but he didn't go blind so that was a good he's thing. now a cyborg though <laughs> yeah i'm if you set it on fire and it explodes though i can't imagine that, that that's good, good. <laughs> yeah I, i'm I, I think uh pringles is going to be where i'm going to go to and as far as looking for colorful lights in my fire I'm, I'm, I'm alarmed by christmas lights and other stuff yeah all right well that's cool what's the name of that product again nick it is called uh color flame and uh, apparently it's uh, sold out on amazon right now um but uh, of course look yeah look for it and it's really it was fun it was 10 bucks uh, for three packets of it, and well worth the money. Okay. It was um, developed for uh, clearing forests in Vietnam. Yeah. Oh, and, and now <laughs> they've got a lot left over. Right, so yeah, They're yeah. just trying to move it. <clears throat> Interesting. All right, well, we are going to take a break. We will come back in just a moment or two. Keep in mind, new Word of the Week prize. We have a two-night getaway at one of uh, three gorgeous Icona Resorts properties in Avalon, Cape May, or Diamond Beach, in case you were saying that uh, those are right down on the beach. Oh, oh cool. nice. So be back in just a moment. Make sure you stay with us. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks proudly supports the American Cancer Society Bikeathon. Hey, it's Marcus. Cancer won't stop and neither will we. Join myself and Team WMMR on Sunday, August 9th for the 48th annual ACS Bikeathon. This year we're going virtual. The pedal power to finish the ride against cancer may look different, but the mission remains the same. Each Team WMMR rider gets a free team t-shirt, registration and complete details at WMMR and check out our custom Team WMMR apparel providers, Volet and Go Cycling. Team WMMR and the ACS Bikeathon, virtually unstoppable. The ACS Bikeathon, another way 93.3 WMMR is putting Philly first. Hey, I think I think somebody's about to come walking through the door right about now. Hey, come on in, customer. It's time to see what we got on the shelves. Odds and ends. Odds and ends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for the formal introduction. You're the proprietor. That's right. Preston Elliott. Right. Let's see what's on the shelves. It's a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Also, a whole collection of Christmas lights <laughs> thrown to your fire. <laughs> Take a deep breath. You'll wake up in the hands of God. By the way, sometimes I, I don't tell all these guys what we're going to be doing <laughs> as I go into a segment. No, just I whisper to Casey. I'm like, odds and ends. We're going to do odds and ends. So uh, one more time, Casey, if you would, please. There we go. 
All right. Uh, I thought this was interesting. We do have some uh, thunderstorms in the forecast tomorrow and Wednesday. And I saw two things that were lightning related. Okay. Uh, they did go you, together. Did you get a lightning storm yesterday? We, yeah. I, I heard rumblings. We didn't get anything. We got one last night. It, it was worth watching. It was, it was slow moving. Nick, I saw it from uh, the distance. I thought I was going to be dry. From a distance. God is watching us. God is watching us. I saw it while I was driving on 55 Uh on my way westbound, actually northwestbound, and I was uh, scared that I was going to have to drive through it. I mean, you're you're driving down a track, a, a, a particular road that's surrounded by woods, monsters. Yes. And then lightning. Yeah. Well, the world record for the longest lightning flash has been recorded in Brazil. Wow. And it was a single lightning strike. Listen to this. Traveled over 440 miles. 440 miles for a single lightning strike. Yes, to give you some... How did they get the tape measure out that quickly? To give you some perspective, that is the equivalent to the distance from Boston and Washington, D.C., that's how big no a single way. lightning strike was, yes. Uh, this is according to the World Meteorological Organization, the WMO. Uh, so the strike took place on October 31st, 2018. The record for the longest lasting lightning strike was confirmed by the organization with an event in Argentina, March 4th of 2019. That lightning strike lasted 16.73 seconds. Think of that. 16 seconds for a lightning flash to be staying stable illuminated like that so That's i've seen unbelievable i've seen branching lightning you know that goes off obviously it looks like a branch as implied by the name yes uh that seems to last a little bit longer yep um and uh there was a storm Actually, when we had that power failure a while back on uh, the storm came ripping through it was on a wednesday yeah. Yeah. and the lights went out there was a, a lightning storm later that afternoon that was of that nature, and you were seeing that kind of flash that almost looks like fake movie lightning. Yep. You know? Yep. There, uh, so, listen, you guys know I'm scared of a lot of things. Yes, uh, lightning, one of them. Lightning is definitely one of them. They, and dust mites. And, great. Now, just add another one to the list. Uh, I watched a lightning storm that I was not as scared of because I was on the beach uh, in Ocean City. Now, the the storm had gone over us, and as it was over us, yeah, it doesn't I was mean anything. terrified. But when it went out over the ocean, I was able to watch it, and, and I didn't feel as scared. And I wish that's how I always felt. I wish I could be that person who could sit on the front porch and watch a lightning storm. Now, I love to do that. It's one I of the things I absolutely it. love. Now, in, in those oh. cases, though, you've heard of the lateral lightning, the, the lightning that will... Um, th- where you may not be anywhere near what you perceive to be a storm yeah. or storm clouds. And it has happened. It's happened on beaches where people have been struck by lightning. A lot of people get struck in Florida. Yeah. There's there's some uh, anomalous things that happen in that state with lightning. Uh, the WMO, a United Nations agency that covers weather, climate, and water resources, confirmed the record using satellite imagery technology. Well, they, of course. And not technology. So scientists published details. The findings in the American uh, Geophysical Union's journal, Geophysical Research Letters. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. One of the most amazing things. Well, it's actually happened to me a couple times. Being in the air. Yeah. During a lightning storm. That's so neat. Were you landing? It is 
unbelievable. It was mid mid flight both times. Okay, because uh, actually more than and in fact one of the times the time I've mentioned many times where I saw it sitting almost fire on the plane. We saw it uh, landing in Chicago, Steve, and it's it's a little frightening. Uh, yes, but you have to set that aside, knowing that you can't do a damn thing about it. If you're gonna die, I want to go out like a Steve, Roman candle. Yeah. yeah. Why were they showing a movie from the '80s? John Paul was sitting right in front of me. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't make any sense at all. It was cool though. It was so cool. Right. It's underrated, really. Uh, so when I watched the um, the the most recent NFL draft, they do a backstory on all of these young kids I'm that lighting. are that are no that are going to be drafted into the NFL, and I got to tell you, like 90 percent of them was like. And this person died when they were in high school, or this per- and it was it, it was somebody in their life that was really really important to them had passed away. And the one guy, I want to say he was the guy who played for Penn State. Don't get uh, don't quote me on that though, dude. His friend got struck by lightning right in front of him. I just got a call from, or I got a text from Cecily Tiny. We should call her and get her on right now. She says the term of <clears throat> uh, the the term out of the blue came from the fact that lightning can strike. When the sky is blue. Well, there we go. Oh, wow. And said lightning can strike 15 miles away from a storm. Huh. So you just had what really, honestly. Where's Marissa? Yeah, let's get Marissa. Never called the Cecily truth right of now. the matter is we are never safe anytime, no matter what. Please be aware. <laughs> you can just walk into your car, a lightning strike in Argentina can kill you. Just heard Preston say it. It covers that distance. Be scared be all a, the time. Be afraid. No, yeah, but that is an interesting phenomenon. I just texted her. The hotline uh, number? The hotline number, okay, yeah. Okay, all right, so maybe she'll call him with more. Well, anyhow, so scientists say that, well, the previous record for the longest traveled lightning strike was 199.5 miles. That took place in Oklahoma in June of 2007. The previous longest lasting strike took place from August 2012 in France and lasted 7.74 seconds. So these are much longer now that they have this equipment that can uh, uh, pinpoint that stuff. There is the phenomenon of what they call super lightning, which is super powerful. Um, J- Japan, I guess, in um, in the Pacific, uh, and uh, it's it's more common, I okay. guess, uh, in, in certain parts of the world, but super powerful lightning strikes. All right, okay. so when you're talking about this 400 miles, Preston, how much of that is the height of it and not just like the... Oh, I, I don't okay. know how they determine the distance, whether it was height or... Yeah, I, they I would, make a knows? pencil mark on the doorway, Preston. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, scientists say that the space-based lightning mapping now allows them to measure flash duration and distance over broad distances uh, using next-generation satellites that continuously map lightning activity across North and South America. They were able to identify previously... <sighs> Unobserved extremes that far exceeded the lightning record. So that's why there's so much of a difference now in in the previous records oh. that were being held. So, oh. oh, somebody's oh. coming in. Oh, yes. Oh, hey, <laughs> Cecily Tiny hey. from Six ABC. Hi, Cecily. How are you guys doing? We're good. So. You while you're working. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, so, yeah, had you heard about these these records that, that I was talking about, this 400 and some odd long mile lightning strike? You know, I actually, I, I thought it was 15 miles. Uh, oh, you mean as far as long as a strike? Yeah, there's one that was recorded in Brazil. The the uh, World Meteorological Organization had announced that the, the with a single strike traveled over 440 miles. This took place in 2018. I mean, I can believe that because a lightning strike, you know, has unbelievable energy. Mm-hmm. I just think it's amazing how they can actually measure that as yeah. well. So yeah. they're using, so the, yeah, they're using satellite technology. I guess uh, you know, obviously, that's the only way you could could 
it's such a moment in time you'd have to have that sort of eye in the sky to be able to 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 catch that but you're right the amount of power unleashed is amazing but i didn't realize it could go preston said basically the distance from boston to washington dc that's astonishing yeah you know the atmosphere is an amazing thing and um actually this past week was lightning safety awareness week it was the 20th year that they've done that with the national weather service to try to explain to people that if you can hear thunder you should not be outside Right. That there is and a lot, you know, people think under a tree right. or under an There is no place safe outside if you can hear thunder. Well, you need to get inside right away. You have to admit, though, if you're in a safe place, if you're like a porch or <laughs> safer ish, let's say. In a copper cage. A copper cage, yeah. Watching watching uh, a lightning storm uh, is just an amazing thing. I remember being up in uh, in Wyndham, New York. And it was it. It is. There's no fireworks display that can rival something like that. I agree completely. And and while I'm here, I wanted to tell a myth. There is no such thing as heat lightning. Okay. People oh. will say I yep. thought heat, yeah, heat lightning because there's lightning and it's on a hot, humid day, but there's no rain. Well, it's because what you're watching is a lightning storm at at a distance, yes. okay. far away from you. And in the summer, a lot of times you have the isolated cell. So you have clear skies, and then you have a severe cell. And the fact that the skies are clear, you can see it for miles and miles. And you can see the lightning, but you can't hear the thunder because light travels farther than sound. Right. So it, it, whenever when anyone says, oh, I saw heat lightning, I'm like, no, there's no <laughs> such thing. Stop it. But there have been stories, as we've reported occasionally throughout the years, of, of someone who's just on, on the beach on a, what appears to be a lovely cloud-free day, but from clouds in the distance, there's a sort of a lateral lightning strike and they get hit. Well, that's, that's because if you ever look at the structure of a thunderstorm cloud of a cumulonimbus, it looks like an anvil. Right. And so the cloud top, the very highest part, sticks out, and it's so high that you can have sunshine, you can have blue skies, and you can have a lightning strike. And, again, that's how they came out with the term out of the blue. That's wild. And uh, I, actually, I had that once happen um, on our property. We had some friends over, and they were outside. And all of a sudden, you saw the flash of light, and you heard the thunder, you know, at the same time, that clap. Yep. Yeah. And they ran inside, and they were all, like, sheets. They were white. And they said, <laughs> that, that, that lightning hit five, five feet from us. And it was sunny. It was a day like today, but there was a storm developing, you know, like 10 miles away. Yeah. yeah. So, Cecily, obviously, you know, you love weather. It's your, it's your profession. It's your passion. Would you ever do anything like storm chasing? Would you ever go out in the Midwest and, and do the I, tornado chasing? I actually, I, I would. I think that would be, that would be exciting with somebody very experienced. <laughs> um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't just go with a guy in the back of his van, you know. <laughs> just... <laughs> hey, Casey, let's go, you know. Um, <laughs> You know what I would love to do um, is be in a hurricane hunter aircraft. Oh yeah! Wow. Fly into the center of a hurricane like that's on my bucket list. I would. I, would I, love to do I that. agree. I'd do that in, in a heartbeat because the guys who do it are good at it. I mean, when was the? Has there ever been? I, I don't know. To the best of my knowledge, an issue with one of those cloud, one of those I, planes. I don't think 
No. Yeah, I don't think so. They're, they're, very, they're very experienced, although there have been issues with um, tornado chasers, with storm chasers that, that have died. Right. Well, you saw Twister. Those corporate meteorologists made the wrong turn, and they ended up in the in the twist. You got to keep your distance. There, there are there are vehicles though that they have designed, and I'm sure you've seen them, Cecily. That are, I mean, listen, a tornado gets on top of you, and it's 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 going to be problematic. But they do have special vehicles designed um, that are supposed to be more resistant. Uh, to me, and you've seen tornadoes in person, have you not, Cecily? I've I've seen the aftermath, and I've seen the radar signature. You know, but here. Tornadoes we get here are EF zero, EF one, maybe EF twos. The ones out, you know, Texas, Oklahoma, EF fours, EF fives, and it doesn't matter how big, you know, or how how strong your car is, you, you will not survive. I, uh, yeah, yeah, it, I, these yeah. things lift houses up, right, off the ground, right. So yeah, and cows. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cecily, real quick, was it over a hundred degrees in Siberia last week? Over 100, wait, sorry, what? Was it over 100 degrees in Siberia last week? Did I see you tweet about that? Over 100 degrees in where? Siberia. Siberia. Oh, Siberia. Um, yeah, I think there, I, I'm trying to think, there, there was some kind of temperature record that um, that was broken. That's okay. pretty cool. Does yeah. this mean you're going to be water skiing Siberia now? <laughs> uh, it's crazy. You know, they're either... There is, a, you know, it's it's not political; it's science. You know, there are there are wacky things happening with the climate right now. You know, right. there is there is climate change happening, and, and records are being broken. And and a lot of times, you know, if we if we do get snowstorms, someone says, "Oh, I thought there was climate change," and then I have to explain the whole difference between climate <laughs> weather. Right. And I explain it that that weather is like your mood that day. Right. Your, your mood at the moment and. Climate is your personality. <laughs> and when I explain it like that, a lot of times people get it. All you know, right. it's weather's short term. It can change. Climate is is the overall long term. Okay. I gotcha. All right. Well, cool. Well, listen, for, thank you for the lightning facts. We appreciate I, it. Yeah. I was listening to you, and I'm like, oh, I know a lot about yeah. this. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we, we have that on good faith. We, we seem to – there are all sorts of examples of you seeming to know a lot about the weather. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, by the way, we, we could have a few isolated thunderstorms this afternoon. Not widespread, Okay. when thunder roars, go indoors. <laughs> Good to know. I <laughs> like you know that. I, yeah. I, I tell the kids. I use your app. We use the app all the time. All we the love time. your app. Yep. It's, uh, it's it's the most accurate that I've used. Yes. You guys are awesome. Yeah. Uh, thank yeah. you, Cecily. Cecily, right. kind of there. She goes out the door. The oh, store. So It really is a good, I mean, that app with the uh, satellite. Oh, I, I am checking the radar all the time when it's it comes to weather. super accurate. Yep, absolutely. Uh, by the way, so there are a couple other uh, things that, uh, that are related to this topic. Um, lightning-related deaths. So this is according uh, to, let me see, who did this? National Lightning Safety Council. Uh, they reviewed... The NLS? Uh, some, actually, NLSC. NLSC. Uh, some 418 lightning strikes... That happened between 2006 2019. They show that 62% of deaths were linked to leisure activities. So more than more than likely, if you're going to get struck by lightning, it's while you're doing something leisure related. How much of that is golf? Uh, it doesn't say, but it, I, I don't think it's as much as you would think. Fishing accounted for the most. Yeah, because oh, a lot oh, of yeah. times when you're fishing, if, uh, uh, you're if say if you're out on the water, you're the tallest thing out on the water. Oh man! So you have fishing. Being at the beach, camping, and... C-3PO cosplay. And farming or ranching <laughs> made up the largest portion of deaths. Yeah, there would stand to reason. Mm-hmm. 
And then uh, some outdoor activities can uh, drown out the sound of a storm approaching. And experts say the key is that there's, uh, if there's if if there's any threat at all, rumble of thunder, what looks like threatening sky, you need to get into a safe place very quickly, like Cecily just said. Who do you want to be go to? John here? Uh, yes. All right, let me go to John. Was indirectly struck by lightning. Hi, John. Good morning. Hey, you know, they say that cat Shaft is a bad mother. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> but I'm talking about Shaft. <laughs> What's up, John? So tell us your story about lightning. Okay, so uh, I was working for the uh, sprinkler company, you know, on sprinklers, right? And I'm in one of those green, you know, where the valves are, the valve box, and it's full of water. And uh, it's a bright, sunny day, man, beautiful. You know, I'm just working along trying to get the, the one set of sprinklers to work. And I've got my hand down in the water. I'm doing an adjustment on the side of the valve, right? And while I've got my hand down in there, all of a sudden, you know, I'm looking down at the water. All of a sudden, there's this flash that seems like it's right on top of me, but it, it wasn't. It was probably about 100 yards away or so. And uh, it knocked me right off of my feet. I mean, right back. And I ended up rolling down the hill of this uh the front yard, you know what I mean? So so did you sustain any injuries from that? Well, basically my it was my right arm that was in the water. Right. right. So my whole right arm up to my shoulder just felt like one big giant muscle spasm. You know what I mean? Like sure. when, when you get like that cramp or whatever, like a Charlie horse or something in your leg. You so, know, the whole thing was all tightened up and I, and my heart was beating about a hundred miles an hour, but I wasn't like hurt or anything, you know what I mean? I was yeah. able to Wow. So John, the, the the lightning must have hit the ground and then conducted through the ground and through the water that you had your hand in and that's yeah. what happened, correct? Yeah, that's what I figure. I mean, if you were probably just, you know, obviously I was standing there, it didn't feel it in my feet. I only felt it where it came up through the water, you know what I mean? It was a pretty crazy feeling. And, you know, it's probably why I'm still so messed up. To <laughs> well, dude, you dodged yeah. a, a yeah. bullet. We actually had a guy come by here who had been yeah. hit. The the, the uh, electricity conducted. Was it out his back? He had the marks on his body. Zachary, yeah. yeah. Zachary yeah. Yeezy, his, uh, his son, or I'm sorry, his father or mother, I guess, just texted in. You guys met my son, Zachary Yeezy. He was stuck, struck by lightning in 2007. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Yeah, mm. it was wild. Yeah, so yeah, that well, could have been you. Lucky, I mean, yeah, very the, lucky. The, the doctor told me I was lucky. He said... That if I had been reaching in with my left hand, that it's possible it might have went like right to my heart and just forget about it. It would have shut me off. Oh, like wow. A switch. wow. All that's right. Crazy. That's that's a close one. Thanks, John. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah. Wow. Thanks. All right. Uh, so it is. And like Cecily said, there's some storms coming uh, this week. So keep that in mind. All right. Uh, let me see what else we got here in, in the store. Come on in. We'll see what we got here for you. The shelves, the shelves are full and. Prestinger proprietor is happy to see you. We had celebrity guests today. Don't usually have that. No. <laughs> Gotta admit, it's a little boring at the store today. It is. Uh, but how about this? Ninjas. That gets Listen, you a light, I'm just kidding. Lightning and ninjas? Yeah. Ninjas that's a twofer. Uh, Japanese University has awarded the first ever degree in ninja studies. I would, I would love that. Master's student. And it's, it's something you can use to get a job. Uh, Jinichi Mitsuhashi spent two years examining historical documents on the true nature of the stealth fighters while perfecting his martial arts skills. Welcome to the class on the ninja. Uh, he also bought a wooden two-story house in Iga province, the birthplace of the ninja, and cultivated rice and vegetables on the land. Uh, Are you fascinated with ninja and the, the ninjutsu uh, and the whole philosophy? I don't know enough about it. Um, not I know really. they invented square dancing. Okay. I think so. That? Little known fact. Yeah. 
ninjas invented square dancing. But you could never see them because they mastered the invisibility. Right. So even they had problems bowing to their partner and bowing to their corner. Uh, he said, I read that ninjas worked as farmers in the morning and trained in martial arts in the afternoon. With this combination, I thought I could learn about the real ninja. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mitsuhashi was one of three students to enroll in the master's degree at Mai University's International Ninja Research Center. He attended the graduate school three times a week, wrote a thesis on how ninja managed mountain forest in huh. Iga between the 17th and 19th centuries. And after completing his course in March, Mr. Mitsuhashi moved on to a Ph.D. program and hopes to connect visitors to the area with the local community. They had, so I, I, I read a couple books <clears throat> years ago on the ninja and the um, weapons that they designed and the art of um, confusion and deception and all of these tactics they employed. Uh, and it's fascinating. I mean, it's very elaborate. Uh, his professor, uh, Yuji Yamada, described him as a real role model for gar- uh, graduate students who study ninja uh, because of the way he blended in with the local community. Blended in. Blended like they couldn't in. see him. Uh, however, How do they take attendance in that class? Uh, professor Yamada. Yeah, I was there. Of course. Steve, you would say here, and then they throw a thing of smoke yeah. and then disappear. <laughs> Are you here? However, Professor Yamada also warned any prospective students that the course was aimed at learning about the ninja, not to become a ninja. Ninjas are believed to have originated in the early 14th century when feudal lords hired mercenary spies to infiltrate castles to obtain information. So that's what they were. They were kind of like spies. Subterfuge. And uh, they would uh, they would go find out what they needed uh, for their the people that they were They would paying. dress as lightning. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, Which came first, uh, samurais or ninja? Samurai, I believe... Don't know. You do a quick check on that. I'm, I am fascinated by the various warriors of different cultures, like uh, the ninjas and Ro- Roman soldiers and, and knights and things like that. The, the the people that were considered the warriors of those particular time periods and cultures. Yeah. Yes, kind of cool. There used to be a show that my kids and I watched, and it was oh, man, was it the Ultimate Warrior? I think, and it would pit. It would take the uh, the historical. Uh, information that they knew about, say, yes. Vikings and the tools that they would use and the type of people they were, and they would use that um, that data to see if they could fight against ninjas and how they might fight uh, face off against the other or against the um, uh, the the Spartans or you know different the Mongols. Man. The Mongols, the Mongols were a part of it as well. They had a benefit yeah. because they used the longbows. Yeah, they mm-hmm. were able to get greater distance, and, and they, they were gave able them a tactical to... advantage. Yeah, they and were they able also to... had laser guns. No, they did not have laser guns, but man, they were able to uh, fire off um, tons of arrows like yeah. really, really quickly. They also had this thing. I want to say it was called like the the beehive or something like that. They called, and it was essentially these little. Um, they were almost like. Um, like bottle rockets. Really? That they would shoot in a big cluster and... Sort of like as a deception or a... No, uh... they were they were weapons. Uh, and so they, they covered that. I forgot. It was it was like Nest of Bees or, or something like that uh, was was the thing. There, there were... There were... Mesobees. Nesobees. <laughs> Mesobees. Mesobees. Spit o Mesobees. It's a crap load of bees. I think it was a Mongols. I'm not 100% sure or... You know, there were so many of those Shriners. stories that, that have gotten them all. It was a whole Shriners that I've got. I forgot gotten them mixed up together. But that was a great show. That was pretty cool. I used so to I love that show with those. Um, you know, the, those those people that were uh, that were considered the warriors of a specific 
uh, um, cultures like the samurai. Do you remember and the what, ninjas. The, what the ultimate determination was? As uh, uh, throughout time, outside of modern technology, who the toughest, the most formidable. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. What makes a ninja a ninja? Because uh, I just thought it was the the outfit was one, right? Like the the whole all the the black outfit. Well, it's also the it's there there there's everything from being able to maintain. Um, to not be seen, to 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 be clandestine, to you got to take the class that the yeah. guy was offering. I mean, that's that's what we're learning about. Well, and by the way, Ninja Day is February twenty second, so next year oh, we'll okay. celebrate. Here you go. Here's some quick information Nick found online. Supposedly they were cell swords who performed uh, covert operations, uh, assassinated people in the cover of darkness. But uh, they, um, I think these are there are some myths that they need to clear up. Says. Um, the storied mercenaries are kind of fabricated. Ninjas as we know them today did not actually exist. The word ninja comes from two Chinese characters meaning stealth and man. Uh, and medieval Japan had its share of folks who snuck into castles and embraced undercover warfare. Historical records show that samurai weren't above doing that. There's a lot more recorded history of samurai and uh, their association with the so- shoguns and protecting of um, different classes and stuff like that. So it seems like a lot of the ninja stuff is kind of mythical and samurai is more historical. Okay. All right. So they weren't quite what we believe them to be, but they, they weren't... Uh... There's you know, history, but it's not all yeah, legitimate history. Because usually when you see a, like a ninja in a movie, I mean, like there's there's nothing you can do. I mean, the ninja will disappear and appear and yeah. kill and get out. Get and behind stuff. you. And it wasn't quite like that. Kill you, make love to your wife. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having your children calling him daddy. Things like that. Yeah. But but the uh, the samurai were more like knights, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. They, were, yeah. they were, you know, they, they, they were the guardians. Guns. Yeah, they, they stood up and they were like, nope. Uh, he said, it could have happened, bro. <laughs> Yeah. Knock, knock. Who's there? Your head on my sword. Okay. Uh, so anyhow, there is a uh, there's a degree in ninja studies. Absolutely. I think that'll get you far. We have time for one more? Right. One last thing from the... Uh, this ball on the shelf. Why don't you reach up and pull that one down? All right. We're going to pull this one down. Uh, the UK is now... That's have, the United Kingdom. The United Kingdom is now having to battle hordes. Of disease-ridden horse flies that are invaded, invading parks and gardens. I just saw something about horse flies. Um, I was watching that show Yellowstone, uh, and I had no idea that horse flies were actually a big problem for horses. Yes, and that if a horse has a horse fly on it while you're riding it, and the horse fly bites it, that thing's going to take off. Yep, it'll buck. Yep. Uh, the half-inch-long flies, which usually are found found in the country, have invaded. Hate those effing things. I hate them too. There's hate them, Casey. Like you and your hatred for sharks and things like that. Okay, horse flies. There's no need. There's no. Is need. there a case to be made that horse flies are land sharks? Uh, it's possible yeah. that they are indeed land sharks. Well, listen, they when when you have one land on you, and you don't know it, and you start to feel that sting, that yes. bite. Mm-hmm. It's actually it has these mandibles. And they're kind of ripping your skin. That's what they're doing. They're not stinging. They're actually ripping a part of your skin apart. And those little efforts stay there. They stay there as they're doing it. Yeah. Like you've what? And yeah. you, you know what a bunch of animals. how dare you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I you hate. I hate freaking horsefly. And what I found also when when we first opened our pool is that horseflies are kind of drawn to. Water. So uh, you have them in your area because your area behind you is sort of still farm area, yes, right? Yes. And does that farm, and I pose this to you, do they indeed have horses? Uh, no. 
not. They do not. They have sheep. You probably have sheep flies there. Yeah, probably. They're a lot more docile. But we don't we don't have uh they're more docile. Yeah. yeah. Uh we don't have any issue like they're not like bothering us all the time, but every now and then you'll have one that comes and you're like, yes, son of a bitch, you're gonna yeah. die. You I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get you. Um so anyhow, uh so they have uh they have found their ways into the cities in the UK uh amid the lockdown, congregating around pools, ponds, and gardens. And uh, urbanites are feeling the sting. Unfortunately, the flies, which thrive in hot and humid conditions, are expected to multiply with the upcoming thunderstorms predicted in the UK. Yay! Uh, Some people who were... Do they transmit coronavirus? Who were bitten required hospitalization and a round of antibiotics. Okay, so I guess the ones over there right now might come with the disease issue. Oh, that's great. It says the (laughs) bites can also lead to cellulitis, which is a skin infection. Yeah. Uh, so who's who's got it worse? We have the murder hornets, and they have the deadly horse flies. The disease-ridden horse flies. I think both suck. I think they're equal. I'll take the horse flies. If uh, we could get them to war against each other. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. The British Pest Control Association you know what the horse flies said about you uh, said literally <laughs> they are designed to eat a horse. Their bite is both impressive and painful. They can persistently chase you at a flying speed of around 50 miles an hour. Are you telling me the average fly can eat an entire horse? And it will say it, and they say it will bite right through your clothes. No, I don't think so. Oh. Uh, it has mandibles that can rip and tear flesh apart. So we're looking at a close-up picture of a fly doing exactly as you've said. They're using their rather formidable mandibles to yep. uh, rip into this person's skin, who is an idiot for letting this happen for a close-up photo. But Yeah, yeah. I hate those things. I just can't stand them. Uh, so at least that's happening over there and not here. Yay. We just have the greenheads down the shore. Yeah. Uh, they suck, too. Those are yeah. so much fun. All right. Uh, I believe we've got a close-up shop, folks. Close-up shop. Yep. Thanks Let for stopping by. Let your Christmas lights for your bonfire. <laughs> Out remember, of the day now. Remember, we'll have uh, fresh stock sometime in the next couple Absolutely. weeks. Absolutely. So please come by. Uh, come by and use the telegraph anytime you need. All right. We're going to take a break and come back in a second and some bizarre file stories of what we're going to get to next. So make sure you stay with us. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Now, WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. And it's brought to you by hers, the official chip of taking her summer to the next level when it comes to snacking the summer. Keep it Philly, Philly, and make it hers, hers, forever good. Uh, you guys probably saw this story, but there's a follow-up to it. A San Diego woman uh, who was denied service at a Starbucks... Uh, for refusing to wear a mask, says that she's received death threats after publicly shaming the barista who refused her on social media. So it backfired on her because a GoFundMe page ended up establishing, on behalf of the barista, about $25,000 in four days. So she was posting Whoa. this to kind of shame the guy. Yeah. And it backfired on her, and people started donating all this money to this guy. As you go into Starbucks, it's posted. Yes, yeah. it's a policy. So, so she, don't, don't go in if you don't want to wear the mask. She said, I never threatened him. I just called him out on his actions. I never threatened him, and I've received death threats. Thousands. It's very upsetting. It's a little there. It's very scary, she said. This is Amber Lynn Giles. Shortly after being refused service, she posted a photograph of the barista, Lennon Gutierrez, on, on her Facebook page, and it read, uh, Meet Lennon from Starbucks who refused to serve me because I'm not wearing a mask. Next time, I will wait for cops and bring a medical exemption. 
Uh, face coverings are mandatory inside businesses in San Diego, uh, in the county, and public health officials said businesses have the right to refuse service to anyone not complying with the public health order. So she did a crappy thing by exposing, yeah. uh, doing that to him, and it's kind of a dumb thing to do death threats on her, yeah. but it's, uh, you know. And she hasn't said anything about any medical condition. So yeah. uh, she has, uh, Giles has three children, considers herself a- a- an anti-vaxxer. She said the face masks are ineffective. She said it starts with coffee. But it ends with digital certificates and forced vaccinations. It's not this kid's problem, though, the barista. Uh, Yeah, and that's not going to happen anyway. Uh, Giles also claims she purchased coffee two days earlier at Starbucks without wearing a mask. I never threatened him, and she goes on to say. But now she says after he got the money, she says that she is uh, entitled to some of that money. (laughs) Try to get it. That's been the latest. So yeah, it ain't uh, going to happen. She wants some of the money. She is threatening to sue the page creator of the uh, GoFundMe uh, page for defamation and slander. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, the United Nations says that it is shocked and deeply disturbed by footage of an apparent sex act in one of its official cars in Israel. What? The clip shows a woman in a red dress straddling a man in the back seat of a white 4x4 with UN markings on it. The video, shared widely on social media, was apparently filmed on a main street by Tel Aviv's seafront. Is it UN or UN? Uh, no, UN. <laughs> oh. uh, but I understand. No, yeah. the UN said that it was investigating the incident and was close to identifying the individual scene of the video. Uh, those involved are believed to be staff members of a peacekeeping organization in Israel. They're just keeping the peace. Man. And, One uh, piece at a time. Yep. Another passenger <laughs> can be seen slumped in the front, but the driver can't be seen as the car moves away. The uh-huh. spokesman for the uh, UN secretary said that kind of behavior goes against everything we stand for and having been working to achieve in terms of fighting misconduct by UN staff. Uh, handies are safer. They have strict policies against sexual misconduct by the staff members. Uh, the staff may be disciplined if they are found to be in breach of conduct rules. A $300,000 Lamborghini Huracan Performante Spider, I guess it's perform- maybe Performance Spider, uh, was wrecked on a U.K. highway 20 minutes after its new owner left the dealership. And when I initially saw the story and I saw the pictures, I'm like, Okay, they 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 got this new right, uh, you know, uh, Lamborghini, and they floored it. Didn't well, you've no, you've driven, yes, yeah. So we, there was a, a place that that lent us cars for a while. You had that uh, for a day. You had a Lamborghini, and I yep. had a Maserati. Yep, and for one day. It's pretty awesome. It's awesome, but it it's it's a monster. But this was a deal. It broke down, and it was rear-ended by a van. Oh, oh my speed. god. So, so it wasn't that. It wasn't that. The yeah. poor bastard. Uh, it was just outside of Leeds. It happened this weekend. Photos show the right rear end quarter of the mid-engine two-seater entirely crushed. And the twin post of the rollover protection system deployed. So, but uh, by the oh. way, they just bought it and it broke down? Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know what the deal was. So I didn't know this, Steve. It said the twin post of the rollover protection system. I've never heard of that before. See those two things sticking up on, in the in the top? Oh, yeah. yes. So yeah. those must pop up in case the vehicle rolls over, oh, so wow. you don't don't get crushed. That's pretty um, cool. It's uh, because it's a um, it's a convertible. And all it took was almost a complete decimation of the car to realize that happens. Uh, <laughs> only the van uh, driver suffered minor head injuries. Of course, the Huracan is. Powered by a 630-powered <laughs> V10, has a top speed of 202 miles an hour. But it was a van rear-ending it that destroyed this one. 
Zookeepers may have foiled, uh, may have been foiled by a troop of menacing monkeys who made a successful jailbreak in the dead of night. Here we go again. The seventy-strong gang of primates made a break for freedom uh, from their home near Tokyo, marking their second escape in less than a year. Uh, cut marks seem to indicate someone had either slashed. Or one of the monkeys had gnawed through metal fencing before encouraging the entire pack to follow in an audacious bid for freedom. Blip, blip. Hand me the wire cutters. Uh, the alarm was raised <laughs> by a construction worker at uh, Takagoyama Zoo who spotted a hole in a fence during the 7 a.m. morning inspe- inspection and went to investigate. At first, the zoo's operator thought the large cage had been broken into and the matter was reported to the police. Yet mm-hmm. the reason for the great escape is still to be determined. Oh, yeah, we're going to find out soon. Uh, the large hole looked as though it had been cut with a knife. may have also been uh, the handiwork of the macaques spotted running around the rooftops. The fugitive monkeys were also spotted soaking up the views in the mountains surrounding the zoo. Clip the green wire. Uh, the local authorities had to issue a warning to residents not to approach the furry escape artist with box traps with food deployed to try and lure them back. By the way, they have very sharp teeth. Uh, the macaques have also been spotted coming down from their hiding places to pester zookeepers for snacks. For the time being, it's a case of softly catch the monkey with keepers putting sweet potatoes, soybeans, and other tasty delights inside the cage to get them used to eating in the enclosure again before locking the door. It's a beautiful song, Softly Catch the Monkey. <laughs> yes. Uh, it is... Softly... Softly catch the monkey. It's not known how many monkeys have managed to escape for good. I but... heard he sang a good song. <laughs> but we're seeing this all around the world, Steve. The monkeys are uniting. Yep. They're becoming smarter. They're extricating themselves from zoos. And they are working as a team. In fact, you reported on a story. Uh, I think it was the last time you reported this story. They had uh, commandeered a theater which was serving as their base of operations. It's in India. It's their uh, it's their headquarters. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, it is happening. So they're organizing, and I wouldn't doubt it in 2020 <clears throat> that that is indeed the well, case. Well, we need to talk to Michael Giacchino because he scored all those movies, and if anyone has any insight into the plans <laughs> of these monkeys, he probably it'd be the know. guy who composed the music. You you know know what, maybe it, that, it maybe that's is. a reason to give him a call. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the monkey heist, Preston. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Started watching graphic. Monkey Heist last night. <laughs> <laughs> we have a, a new graphic for Monkey Heist. We do? Who that? Who's that guy? He's, he's super talented. He does a whole bunch of graphic uh, stuff for the show. Is it the same guy that did uh, the Just Saying Institute? Yes, My, yes. Jay Sub- Michael Saborin? Mike, Michael Saborin, that's it. Okay. Is, he the, is he the one that also did the Space Cowboy? He did Space Cowboy. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's outstanding. <laughs> yeah. All right, and that's it for the Bizarre File. We're going to take a break. Come back in a second. We've got some music news, some trash, and uh, lesson, and so on. So we'll get to that when we return. Stay with us. Listen to all the WMMR podcasts as well as a live stream on your Alexa-enabled device. Just say, Alexa, open MMR. Steven Singer Jewelers is now offering financing online with interest-free options available for a limited time. Get pre-qualified in seconds. Learn more at IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. My son is growing uh, jalapeno peppers. Jesus, man. And uh, they just started sprouting these little little peppers coming out, so I'm excited to uh, to harvest those suckers. He's, uh, <laughs> he he just goes all in on this stuff. Anything that he decides to take on, yeah, that's Carter. He was jams and uh, crocheting mm-hmm. and uh, cakes. Pickling. And gardening, pickling. He was just going to go off and 
live in the woods and build a house out of whatever's <laughs> yeah. laying around probably. So Throwing his Christmas lights in the bonfire. I'll, I'll bring <laughs> in some uh, for you guys. Yeah. All right. So we're going to ask a lesson question of you and see if you've been paying attention. We are going to give away an Italian lover's gift basket. From uh, Pastine, home cooking never tasted so good with Pastine. So uh, they are an importer of of authentic Italian ingredients. So the question that I think we are going to go with this morning uh, is this. What did ninjas invent? What type of dancing did ninjas invent? invent? It's amazing. 215-263-WMMR. Not that long ago that it was mentioned. Uh, so let's see if you know the answer to that. 215-263-WMMR. Call now, and while you are calling in, we'll do this. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, Steve, what's going on this morning? Well, a Wisconsin house owned by Dustin Diamond is in risk of foreclosure because Diamond owes $270,000 on the property. Diamond says the home holds a million memories for him, except that one memory that reminds him to pay his mortgage. Hey! Lori Laughlin and Massimo Giannulli have been forced to resign from the super-exclusive Bel Air Country Club. The couple was reportedly brought before the Bel Air Review Board, where they were summarily stripped of their grey poupon. No! Oh, Had to be embarrassing. And finally, actress Dawn Wells, who played Marianne on Gilligan's Island in the mid-60s, receiving a restraining order against an overzealous fan... The self-proclaimed lifelong fan is now required to replace the tennis balls on the legs of his walker with cinder blocks. (laughs) (laughs) That's your Hollywood track. All right, to the phones. We're going to go see if we can get an answer to this. What did ninjas invent? Uh, I will go to Jerry because I think he was listening. Hey, Jerry. Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning, sir. All right, what did ninjas invent? Square dancing. Square dancing. Nice job, Jerry. Hang on just a second. Get your info. We're going to give you an Italian lover's gift basket from Pastine. And home cooking never tastes so good. Pastine, leading importer of authentic Italian ingredients since 1874, makes it easy to prepare delicious meals at home with a variety of pasta cuts, tomato sauces, grated cheeses, and more. Shop Pastine at your local grocery store or have it delivered by visiting Pastine.com. We're going to get into music news right now. Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. I shouldn't have eaten some of Casey's popcorn. (laughs) Right before. (laughs) Right before, because I got all kinds of little kernel splinters in my mouth. Kernel splinters, good to see you. Kernel splinters. That's specifically why I don't eat popcorn. I like the taste of it, but I don't eat it for that reason alone. Yep. Oh, man. Yep. Um, it's, I, I will do it rarely because of that. <laughs> it's like Brillo for your excretory system, though. All right. We're going to start with this. Rolling Stones are threatening Donald Trump with legal action for using their songs at his rallies despite cease and desist uh, directives. Uh, the Stones said in a statement on Sunday that their legal team is working with the music rights organization BMI. Uh, to stop the use of their material in Trump's re-election campaign. You can't use music you haven't purchased. Uh, the BMI has notified the uh, president's campaign on behalf of the group that the unauthorized use of their songs will constitute a breach of its license agreement, according to the statement. If Trump disregards the exclusion and persists, uh, he'll face a lawsuit for breaking the embargo and playing music that has not been licensed. 
Uh, the Stones have complained during, they had complained in Trump's 2016 campaign about the use of their music to fire up his uh, conservative base at rallies. Uh, the 1969 classic, You Can't Always Get What You Want, was a popular song for his events. And it was played again at the close of Trump's recent rally in Tulsa. Uh, and other musicians and their representatives uh, have also complained about having their music associated with Trump's events. Uh, the family of Tom Petty said that it had issued a cease and desist order after a song I Won't Back, D- Back Down was used in Tulsa right. as well. So you need uh, permission or I, I, you have to pay for it, right? So like when... You have to pay for the rights to use the music. So if I go to the, an Eagles game and they play Tom Petty over they, the loudspeaker... They, they should have paid for the rights to use that. Okay. So for example, so. this was a big issue for Michael Dukakis who played I'm Too Sexy okay. at a rally. <laughs> and nobody was buying and, it. And nobody was buying no. it. Yep. Right, but Hadn't paid for it. Mm-hmm. When the Phillies play their home games, every single time one of the Phillies players comes up to bat, they play a song. So do they have to pay for that every single time? I have to imagine, as with radio stations, there's a certain licensing fee that's that's paid. I think you can get away with it if it's under a certain, certain amount, amount of time. time yeah. Like okay. so for Chase Utley with Cashmere, like right. maybe because they did it for less than thirty seconds or something like that. I, there there are rules where you yep. can get around it. Yep. You know, yeah, I, I don't know the specifics. Uh, Gray Days, the band featuring uh, late singer Chester Bennington in his Preling Apart Days, has released Amends, an album of reworked material from the band's two independently released records that features Bennington's original vocal tracks. Wow. Uh, the band celebrated... It's got to be a little haunting. Uh, the Friday release of the album by sharing a lyric video from the song called Maury Sky. Uh, Amends was made with the blessing of Bennington's widow, uh, parents and family as well. Guests on the LP include... Uh, corn guitarist Brian Head Welch and James Monkey Schaefer, Bush's Chris Trainer, POD's uh, Marcos Curell, uh, Bake, Breaking Benjamin's uh, Jason Rock, and others as well as Chester's 23-year-old son, Jamie. Pearl Jam bassist Jeff Ament has written and recorded a surprise solo EP while in quarantine. Titled American Death Squad, <clears throat> the set features five songs, including the just-released The Divine Perfume, uh, and half of the EP was performed on guitar while the other was done on piano. Ahmed said about the project, In the days following the postponement of our tour, I found it necessary to find an outlet uh, for the energy we had created going into the tour. Uh, pivot was the word of March. So, every morning I retreated to the studio with the goal of writing a song every day, no matter how S-H-I, you know. Yeah, I it's didn't. a bad word that you shouldn't say. It's a poopy word. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Literally, poopy work. Yeah. Uh, and I'm at added uh, days of isolating and watching the news of the destruction, courtesy of the virus, uh, and uh, the in- ineptitude of our leadership as or as named here, the American Death Squad, made for vivid dreams and a helplessness. These were some of the first songs out of the gate. American Death Squad is available as a digital EP, a stream, and a seven-inch vinyl EP with the latter available for pre-order. In that uh, live concert that they did last week, Jeff was playing the keys for Dance of the Clairvoyance while Stone Gossard was playing bass. So oh, uh, obviously cool. he can play the piano. Yeah, yeah. 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 You'll sit your own Evanescence will release a new single called The Game Is Over, and that'll be... Nothing's over! On Wednesday. <laughs> Nothing is over! Nothing is over, even Evanescence! Nothing is over, even Evanescence. Oh, all right. uh, so the game is over. It's coming out on Wednesday. Uh, anyone who pre-saved the song 
We'll get a chance to hear it first on a Zoom call with the band. What the hell? Uh, the song is the second to be previewed from the group's upcoming album, The Bitter Truth, following the first single, Wasted on You. Yes, I had pre-saved the song. Which was pre- <laughs> my first in on the Zoom call. <laughs> I want to hear my Evanescence song, please. Which uh, was released last month. Uh, the band How's this going to work? What's that? How's this going to work? Uh, I don't know. You going to hold it up to the phone? Maybe we'll do that. Uh, the uh, Waste on You, which was released last month, the band intends to make a series of songs available from the LP, culminating in the release of the, release of the full LP. Culmination. Yes. Uh, the video for Waste on You was shot by each band member on their iPhones wow. while in isolation at their homes during the pandemic. And The Bitter Truth follow-up Evanescence last full-length collection of new material, uh, which came out in 2011. Uh, in case you missed the initial run on A&E Networks, Access TV has acquired all three seasons of the popular reality series Ozzy and Jack's World Detour, and they will premiere the show this Thursday. I saw one of the episodes. I enjoyed it. It's not a bad yeah. show. It, it actually is surprisingly informative about history. Yeah. The series follows uh, Ozzy and his son Jack as they travel the U.S. and the world to visit iconic sites and historic landmarks, along with weird local hotspots and see cultural oddities. I like the the offbeat places they went yeah, to. I thought it was yeah. cool. Uh, highlights of the series have included a trip to the Alamo, a trek to Roswell, New Mexico, and the alleged extraterrestrial crash site outside of Area 51, a katana-making experience in Japan, and an expedition to Ernest Hemingway's estate in Cuba, and many others. Uh, so they picked it up on Axis. And then the last tidbit of information. Oh, wait, maybe I have more than one. There are more bids? Um, yeah, we'll just go this with this last one. A uh, new lyric video and digital single from Tom Petty's 1993 demo of You Don't Know How It Feels has yet been released as a teaser for the upcoming Wildflowers All the Rest collection, which is due out later this year. I remember getting, there was a Tom Petty collection I got years ago. I think it was called Rewind. I mean, there's like 50 million hours of audio on this freaking thing. I don't know how how they're still finding stuff. Uh, Listen to this demo. It's really stripped down. It does not sound like the radio version. Yeah, Petty's daughter, Ada Petty, who has been the most vocal proponent for the expanded version of the 1994 album's release, uh, spoke about the demo, telling Rolling Stone, I thought, what a weird song to pick as the single of all those songs. They had an album of amazing songs, but there's something about it that makes you feel at ease, like you belong. The idea of you don't know how it feels to be me, people can identify with that feeling. And Roll Another Joint is saying, tune out of the noise for a second because there's so much of it. And that felt appropriate now. So do we want to hear a little bit of that? Yeah. Okay, it's different. Different version. That sounds pretty similar. Let me run with you tonight. I take you on a moonlight drive. I like it. A little slower. Yep. There's someone I used to see, but they don't give a damn for me. Get to the point. Let's roll another joint. 
sounds pretty damn good for a demo, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went on to say, my dad's demos were always really awesome. Uh, they were a good guiding light in the Wildflower Sessions. And this one has the right out of the box feeling to it. The family and I and and all our engineers and the Heartbreakers have been circling around this project and making it as delightful and completest as possible. It is delightful. Uh, we're really pleased to be able to share the second half of the Wildflower Flowers double album. That's pretty cool, man. That sounded great. All right, and there you go. That's what I got in music news for you this morning. Good stuff. Let's take a break. Come back in a second. Let her, oh, wait. No wow, more wow, wow. It's Free Music Monday. Oh. And it's time to get Russified. Wow. Uh, because we have the two-CD deluxe edition of the Rush album, Permanent Waves. Prepare to be Russified. <laughs> could be my favorite uh, Rush album. Caller number 14, it is yours. 215-263-WMMR is reissued for the 40th anniversary. Now, which is out from Universal Music. MMR VIPs, check your email for your chance to win the Super Deluxe Edition. That includes uh, the uh, the CDs, vinyl, and a lot of bonus content. Wow. If you wow. are not a VIP, sign up now at WMMR.com. And don't forget that Pierre is mentioned in that Super Deluxe Edition about his interview with uh, Getty yeah, on his man. solo career, so or his solo album that he put out. All right, we're going to take a break. Now we'll come back. Stay with us. What's new? Why do you ask? The Black Keys. The Pretty Reckless. Five Finger Death Punch. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. We, the Preston and Steve Show members, throw all our love right at you, my friend, as we work our way through this week, headed towards uh, Independence Day weekend, the holiday weekend. And uh, so things are going to be a little bit shorter this week. We're going to be off on Friday, which means we'll give away our Word of the Week prize on Thursday, so a day early. We'll get to that in a moment. I want to thank... Um, Mark O'Connor from the Irish Pub for joining us this morning. The Bend to the Shore a bike tour uh, is going to go virtual, like a lot of things that have uh, ended up having to be uh, moved, postponed, whatever it be, or changed in some way or another. And that's the way it's going to be. But you can donate through the month of August, and it will culminate on August 23rd. But that's one where Casey really gets involved as a huge team. Special jerseys every year. Did you have your jerseys made and everybody bought them already? No, not yet. Right. I well, actually, um, they're legendary. I, they are. And I had one design uh, that I decided to change at the last minute. So I actually haven't, um, I haven't mocked up the new design just yet. Right. Um, but you know, I also had to like get the sponsors and all that <laughs> yeah. stuff. So, and and by the way, I want to say big thank you and big shout out to Pinocchio's Pizza, <laughs> who, despite all, all the stuff going on right now. Is going to sponsor our team once again. And Are we're going to work... do the, the, the one the day uh, of pizza. Well, so just because of the you know the pandemic and yeah. you know not being able to dine in and stuff like that, I'm going to start to do takeout Tuesdays. All right, I think I'm going to invent a uh, Stromboli uh, that uh, you can buy specifically on Tuesdays. Mm, wow! That uh, you know some of those proceeds will go to uh, the uh, Ben to the Shore bike tour. Stromboli uh, inventor. Yeah. Do you want to hear what I'm thinking? No. Okay. <laughs> Let's save that for later on, though. Okay. Why, why give it up now? I do, oh I do my want God! To hear it. That's right. Let's not give it up now. I want to hear about that later on. Uh, I want to talk to Brent. Porsche, though. Good morning, hey. Because he's here. How you doing, man? I am doing great. How are you guys? God, you're getting hair. Man, that beard. I haven't shaved this since. Uh, last time I feel like I saw you guys was the uh, Cardboard Classic. Yeah. 
So I haven't shaved it since then. This it is looks like your head is being swallowed by your beard. Yes. Wow, <laughs> man. Do you have plans? I mean, on, on how far you're going to let that go? I don't know. Do you trim your mustache at A least? A little bit, yeah. yeah. I can't do it over the lip. I can't stand yeah, the itching it's on disgusting. the lip there. Yeah. yeah, food gets in there and stuff. It's nasty. But Can shout out to my buddy Todd from Rival Sons, the guy with the real long beard. He got me some cool beard balm and a, and a brush so I can actually brush <laughs> my beard now. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. You're maintaining it. Yeah, it's good. Trying to. Uh, you're in for Pierre this week. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. And so that means you are the keeper of the letter. That's right. Let's do this. Let's go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. All right, the Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter. By the letter D as in Dancing Ninjas. All right, and like I said, the Square Dancing Ninjas, we have only four letters this week. So we give that away on Friday, and it is a two-night Getaway at one of three gorgeous Icona Resorts properties in Avalon, Cape May, or Diamond Beach. And that's valid through May 26th of next year, 2021. Experience peace at the shore. Icona Resorts, Avalon, Diamond Beach, and Cape May Beachfront Hotels are the perfect escape. You can book today at Icona.com. That's I-C-O-N-A. Dot com. So we got that out of the way. Um, what's up on the program? I got a good show today. As you mentioned earlier, it's Ian Pace's birthday from Deep Purple. So we're going to do a block of Deep Purple. Tomorrow actually marks the anniversary of the accident that ultimately killed the saxophonist from the Dave Matthews Band, Leroy Moore. So we're going to be doing a saxophone-heavy wow. <laughs> Dave Matthews Band block today. And today is also the anniversary of the Clash of the Titans tour, which came to the Spectrum back in the 90s. Anthrax. Allison Chains, Megadeth, and Slayer! Wow. Plus, it's Free Music Monday, so we got Rush's Permanent Waves, the 40th anniversary deluxe edition. God, you're all over the place. Yeah. yeah. I love it. In a good way. All right, Brent's got you covered, gang. I want to thank our sponsors. Preston and Steve Show is brought to you today by Acme Markets, fresh foods, local flavors, and also Meineke doing car care right. Tomorrow, we got a clean slate wide open. We can fill it with whatever the hell we want to fill oh, it yeah. with. Oh, yeah. And you'll be a part of it. So uh, that is it. We are done. Rage on. Have a great day. And we will see you tomorrow, my friend. Bye-bye. The Preston and Steve love you. Hate you. Line. When I was interrupted four times and without trying, I quoted Tommy Boy. Please go away. Let me sleep for the love of God. Next message. I just wanted to say I love you guys. The Preston and Steve show. I mean, I listen to you every morning regardless, but in this time, it is so good to have somebody to make me laugh in the morning. So I really appreciate you guys. Next message. Listen, I just have one thing to say, and I mean it in the nicest of ways. Go f*** yourself. The Preston and Steve love you, hate you line. Call 484-434-1333. MMR rocks. Brought to you by DellToyota.com and DellChevrolet.com. Jack! Sell them for less. Are you a rock fan? Well, you should check out my podcast, Talking Rock with Meltdown. I am Meltdown, and I talk to rock artists from all sorts of genres. Classic rock. Current rock. Metal. Progressive rock. If they play a bass or guitar, smash the drums, hit the keyboards, I'd probably talk to them. Give it a listen. Talking Rock with Meltdown at B-Pod Studios.